You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for tauntauns and twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. Bye, and we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? Mmm. Listen to fan holes you do. Mmm. A pop culture podcast this is. Yes. Mmm. Yes. For the fans. By the fans this is. <laughs> It's a Jaja Binks, and it's a time for a little fan holes. A pop culture podcast makes a for the fans by the fans. Mooey mooey, I love it. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of George Lucas shitting his pants all over himself. Okay, not really. Um, hi, how you doing? This is Tony Chainclaw of the Fanholes Continuum. We are going to be discussing some Star Wars this week. We appreciate you joining us, and we have a lot of stuff to cover, and we're going to try to clock this one in under two hours, unlike the last few we've done. So we're going to go ahead and just start shooting them off here. I want to introduce everybody real quick, and then we're going to go over the topic list and just jump right into this, because really, if you don't know Star Wars, God, man, where do you live? As I said before, I am Tony Chainclaw, and if you strike me down, I will grow more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Hey, it's Mike, Thunderwing. I have the high ground. <laughs> hey, this is Grimlock, and you fanholes, you're jealous. You're holding me back. <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> our uh, good friend Brian is off at a peace conference right now. I killed them all, <laughs> even the Bryans. <laughs> oh, actually, I I kind of when that point when I was blind and I kind of swung some, my stick around wildly, I think I hit Brian and he flew into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Brian, Brian, where? Oh. <laughs> One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Star Wars this week is obviously if you have been watching TV, they've just released a new Blu-ray edition. We'll probably pick on that a little bit later. There's a couple of extra, brand new, extra goodness added for no reason. But we also want to just kind of go back on it, because Star Wars, it still survives today. It's not like it really ever went away. And it's a huge cultural thing, even if you love it or hate it. If you used to love it and hate it now, never saw it then, but love the new stuff, I mean, it's just a part of our culture as Americans. So we're just going to pretty much have the whole show devoted to it. We're going to go over all the movies, one through six. We're not going to like go into depth, don't worry. We're just going to like talk about some of the stuff we like, some of the stuff that just didn't make sense. 
we're going to talk about some comics and some novels. There is a buttload of literary material based on Star Wars, especially like comics. They just went really crazy with them. There is a CGI show on the Cartoon Network, which I'm sure you've heard of, called Clone Wars. It takes place pretty much between the second and third prequel movie, detailing the claymation adventures of Anakin and his friends. There... <laughs> And finally, we're going to talk about Gindy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. If you haven't had a chance to watch this, because it didn't really, I don't know, have a lot of time in the sun. It just kind of showed up. If you watched it, awesome. If you didn't get a chance, I can see how you could have missed it. It, to me, is one of the better attempts at Star Wars storytelling, but we'll talk more about that as we come to the topic. We're just going to head and jump right in. We're going to talk about the movies. This is pretty much just going to be a roundtable discussion, so we're not really going to have any topics. We're just going to kind of just throw stuff out there. Um, guys, I have something kind of upsetting to tell you. What's up? I, uh, I just watched a security hologram of Anakin killing younglings. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if I could do the podcast tonight. Hand on mouth. <laughs> Finger up bum hole. <laughs> Audience not giving shit. <laughs> See, that's actually like one of my the hugest pet peeves I have with the Revenge of the Sith. What the acting in general? No, the whole fucking Anakin does not hunt down and murder the Jedi Knights. He kills a bunch of fucking younglings on a security camera, and then he kills fucking. Um, the fucking uh, Trade Federation assholes. What? I'm not supposed to. We just want peace. That's that's basically all he does. It's like the only yeah. good shit that I've ever read is like fucking, you know, basically licensed fan fiction. You know, like all those purge comic books from Dark Horse. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, here's Darth Vader, and he's actually, oh my god, hunting down and killing a Jedi. You know, like. Yeah. It's like. like Vader, hunt down and kill all the Jedi. Can we have the clone troopers do it? Yeah, that does sound better. Yeah, let's just do that. You know what's really sad, though? is like, I, and maybe this is just me, I don't know. The, the clone troopers, like, betraying their generals and stuff, was more impactful, and I got more pissed off at them than Anakin turning to the dark side. I'm like, dude, you were hanging out with, like, Kenobi and shit, and you guys were all like, here you go, sir, and he's like, yeah, I know, right? There's my lightsaber, and he, like, rides off and shit. Now you're shooting him. What a fucking dick. Well, you know, I always thought, you know, New Zealanders or Australians or whatever the hell they were are easily programmable, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know th- I know. there's, like, a book or a comic series somewhere where, like, there's a group of clones who won't turn on their Jedi, like, ah. general or whatever, but I forgot what became of that. Yeah, I think it's the uh, fan link battalion. <laughs> no, I, I mean I kind of like that idea too. I mean, I, I it, it just seems like there would at least be one or two clone troopers who would who are like, okay, now the Jedi are evil now, but as you're telling me to kill all the Jedi, this Jedi is running out of a burning building with like twelve babies strapped to his back, saying that he's got to go back and get more, and they're evil. Well, I never that that's my thing. I never looked at Order sixty six as an actual order that like real people followed. I thought, you know. I don't know, to me, like, like the only way it made sense in my head was that it was just a switch. You know, it was like, it was like, uh, yeah. how, how yeah. like, in Infinite Crisis, when Connell or Connor Kent or whatever, it's like they make him, quote-unquote, go Luthor, you know? It's like Luthor just turns a fucking button, 
and all of a sudden he's shaving his head, you know, heat visioning an L into his chest and like trying to murder, you know, Wonder Girl and slapping around a Robin and stuff. It's not like, it's not like all of a sudden he was like, oh, Luther gave me the order. I'd really, I really hate to like bust up on Cassie because I just slept with her the other night. But oh well, orders are orders. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. It was just yeah. Like, See, that would that would make more sense, but unfortunately, I don't think it's the case because really? uh, like I flipped through when when the when the movie was out, I read like and flipped through portions of the Revenge of the Sith like novelization and stuff. Yeah, and, I like. Too and yeah, like, and oh, it's yeah. like when 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 Cody Commander Cody like gives Obi Wan back his lightsaber and then he gets like you know the Order sixty six he like has like this moment where he's like oh he couldn't have given it to me like before I gave him back the lightsaber <laughs> yeah and there's actually like remorse and stuff they're not like you know just had to do what we had to do they're like oh man I could totally not do this wait a minute I could <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there was, like, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. I think there is a trigger in them since they're clones that they have to listen to, you know, Darth Skullface. But, you know, at the same time, I think they, they that's why the Clone Wars show is kind of shitty in that way. Because they actually build up a lot of these clone characters where they seem to actually have their own personalities and shit. And there's even an episode where there's a clone who abandons being a trooper. He, like, goes and lives off of some... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, blue skin chick or whatever. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Continuity, it'll fuck you. (laughs) Well, but, I mean, to me, it's like, at least that's actually interesting. Like, you know, some kind of conflict or something. I don't know. To me, it's like, I don't know. When I watched most of the prequel movies, it's like, it, it reminds me of, like, Greek plays and tragedies, and they're so fucking boring, man. Like, I mean, I know I'm a theater person and stuff, but it's like we had to read all this stuff, and it was just one of the most, like, most of those plays, it's like all the good stuff happens off stage, and then somebody yeah. talks about it. <laughs> like, like, it's like... Remember that time? Oh, yeah. You know, look, you know, uh, the Trojan horse is pulling up. Oh, gee, that's really nice of them to drop off that. Oh, wait! There are people coming out of it. Oh, they're killing everything and raping all the women. Oh, oh, I can't bear to look, but I must. I must. I must look and tell you more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's basically, like, how they're written. Like, a lot of them, because they couldn't, you know, it was a practical thing. They, they, you know, it was just a bunch of assholes in robes, you know, reading shit off a of parchment or some shit. You know, and they, they, you know, for practical purposes, they could not wheel a fucking Trojan horse into their Parthenon theater or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so they just did what they did. But like here, it's like, you can, you know, you've got CGI, you can do whatever the hell you want. And like, that's what I've always hated about Attack of the Clones. Cause it was like, I was promised a fucking clone war. And then the whole movie's not a clone war. It's just, <laughs> Oh, the movie's over now. Oh, and by the way, we're going to have a war that takes place in between these two movies. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Your father was a part of the Clone Wars. Not a lot happened. Um. <laughs> Did you know you can read more about the Clone Wars than the ongoing Dark Horse comics? It's like, what? Damn it. Yeah, that was kind of a misnomer. They're like, Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, also 90% love story. 
I mean, I wouldn't even care if it was like well written, you know, the 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 love story. But even and 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 even if it was just a setup movie, but then shouldn't have that been the first movie, you know? Yeah. And then the the whole war been the second movie, and then you know, or whatever, or some of the war, or whatever, you know? Like I, I don't care if they have side stories and stuff, but it's like it'd be like you know, oh, the first movie is all about fucking scrawny Steve Rogers. Oh, look, Scrawny Steve Rogers gets beat up on. Oh, look, Scrawny <laughs> Steve Rogers eats a hot dog. Hey, Scrawny Steve Rogers, like, spins a trash can lid. That's a neat trick. And then the movie ends, right? And, it's over. and then the next movie's like, oh, Steve Rogers becomes Captain America. Okay, neat. Okay, Steve, it's time to go to World War Two. And then the movie Maybe ends. Continued, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the next movie is like, oh, gee, man, World War Two was awesome. Right? <laughs> Hitler, Hitler was cool, and, and and he shot himself in the head, and Bucky got blown up, and man, all this cool stuff happened that we didn't show you. But now it's the present day, and you're here with motherfucking Sam Jackson, you know, and you're just kind of like, well, wait, what? What about all the cool stuff? Like, can we see that, please? I, I think most people, even if they're fans or not fans, usually agree that, like, it would have been better if they had gone a little older with Anakin in the first movie. Like, have it be a teenager or something. 15 or 16 would have even been better, you know? Because just no one cares about a little kid running around going, Yippee, and I love pod racing, and I don't care about the robot I built, you know? <laughs> I always thought that was kind of cruel. It's like, well, 3PO, I'm going to go be a Jedi. Fuck off and die. See ya. <laughs> Oh, he built him for his mom. Still kind of, still kind of cruel. And apparently, he lived with Lars Beru and and all those people for years, but they don't fucking recognize him. <laughs> I'm all that's great that 3PO got mind wiped, but these two fucking asshole fat fucks who drink blue milk all the time <laughs> did they get fucking mind wiped? No. Well, it's like somebody pointed out. It might have been Rift Tracks too. They're like. So where should we take the boy? We will hide him in plain sight under his original last name on his father's home planet. <laughs> exactly yeah, I remember, which. I remember in the olden days, the olden days, before the prequels, there was a bit of weird backstory in the Star Wars novels that suggested that Lars Owen was actually Obi-Wan Kenobi's brother, and he brought... And, you know, Luke there, you know, and Luke still had the same last name, which, you know, probably would have been a dead giveaway anyway, but that, like, you know, Lars Owen wasn't actually, you know, Dar's, like, related to cousin, Anakin yeah. in any way, shape, or form other than, you know, kind of like being a foster parent, you know? Yeah, it's like, well, even which the original... Interesting. Even the original trilogy, trilogy, I don't know why it got on this thing where, like, it was like, everything must be connected, you know? It was like, even, like, fucking, I don't know, Lando Calrissian's great-aunt Petunia taught to C-3PO on Tatooine one day when she was buying blue milk. You know, like, fuck, man. Everybody doesn't have to know everybody. It's just it's kind of ridiculous. Where'd they keep the blue milk, you gold <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> what oh, is like Sam- Samuel L. Jackson just drops by? Where's the gold, mi- the blue milk, you gold motherfucker? <laughs> no, don't you get it? Like, like clearly Mace Windu and Lando are related. I mean, there can't be any other explanation. <laughs> they are the only two black guys in the galaxy, right? As far as I could tell, anyway. That was that was like. Have you seen the uh, Family Guy? Uh, the last one, the uh, It's a Trap. 
I, I know I did, but it's not like I committed it to memory or anything. Well, no, there's a couple of good jokes in there. They, they they keep bringing up how Princess Leia is the only woman in the universe. Oh, yeah. Until the end where, like, the Mon Mothma comes out, and they're like, holy crap, look, there's another woman in the galaxy. And, like, Leia Lois is like, I don't like her. <laughs> and the funny thing is that she's played by Carrie Fisher. Yay, trivia. <laughs> I was watching Dark Shadows the other night, and there's a scene where they've got, like, a werewolf, like, chained up in an old crypt. And they're gonna like try and get the, this other guy lure, lured in there to kill him with you know silver bullets, but his guy betrays him and takes out the silver bullets and puts in regular ones. So like he's he's in the crypt and he's like shooting a werewolf and it's not done and he's like it's a trap it's a trap. <laughs> I was like hey Dark Shadows use that first. <laughs> I, I was waiting for actually I was waiting for Captain Axmark to say it's a trap when I was watching the stupid fucking yeah. premiere. Even though he didn't. He's like, time to attack. And I'm like, well, Wait. It, it was continued, Derek, so maybe he'll say it. Or maybe he'll say it eventually. <laughs> he just, he just, he actually steals another Dark Shadows line. He's like, did I nothing <laughs> wrong must go? <laughs> yeah. Justin, is there like any time you came disenfranchised with Star Wars, or have you kind of stayed a fan of it, even with like, you know, all the prequel hate? Um, I, I don't know, like, the prequels kind of, What's the right word? Like, the prequels have really kind of, like, disenfranchised me a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a... <laughs> Raped you in the face, maybe? <laughs> no, no. Like, I don't, I don't like any of those, like, you know, terms like, you know, childhood being raped or anything. Like, I, that's just, like, too extreme for me. I mean, it, the prequels don't take away from my enjoyment of the original movies. But, like, the prequels are, like, I don't know. It's like they're made for, like, little kids who, like, have, you know, ADHD really bad or something. And, they're like, they just... It's like they just made... These movies for people who just can't sit still, and they're just like, okay, let's just put a bunch of crap on the screen, and you know, it's just going to keep running by until you know, two and a half hours are over, and then you're going to like mindlessly walk out, and you're going to be like, must buy Star Wars merchandise, you know, popsicles, action figures, pajamas, must buy. But like, I I, I did fall into that mode though, because I went and bought a, like a. a ton of like you know episode one toys and you know even yeah. before that i had like nearly that whole run of like you know powers of the force figures but like i i managed to get rid of most of that stuff before episode three came out so i didn't get you know saddled with a whole lot of it but i don't know it's like you know the prequels are the prequels are what they are i don't really sit down and then, you know, watch them over and over. Like, if I'm going to watch one, I might watch, you know, maybe some of the battles of Revenge of the Sith or something. But, like, if I'm going to sit down and watch Star Wars, it's it's going to be the original trilogy. Yeah. Is there is there anything that actually, you know, besides later topics, is there anything that, like, still kind of gets, like, you know, a little bit of love from you, like maybe some of the figures or video games or anything like that? I don't think I've played any of the video games since, like, was it Rogue Squadron for GameCube? Like, I really like that game. As far as toys go, like, I haven't bought any Star Wars Star Wars toys since 2008, I guess. But, like, I was at Walmart yesterday, actually, and I saw this really neat, you know, General Grievous action figure where, like, he's he's got a cape and he's got his, you know, four arms and a bunch of lightsabers and some blasters and stuff. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I kind of considered buying it, but, you know, like, most of those figures, it's like, they're, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, man. Like, I actually saw an action figure of, like, the fat dancer from Jabba's Palace. So, like, I picked it up and, like, I just kind of held it up to my buddy of mine, who's also a huge Star Wars fan. I was like, I just kind of held it up to him, and I was like, seriously? He's like, 
what? Like, he did a double take. Like, he couldn't believe it either. I was like, man, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel to, like, sell some action figures. It's like, it's either these obscure characters or it's, you know, like, you know, Luke and Stormtrooper gear for, like, the millionth time or something. Yeah, it's like they keep making, like, new molds of, like, the same figure over and over again where it's like, oh, this time Han Solo can bend his knees and (laughs) you know, I think the, the the silliest figure I saw that they've done in, like, recent years is they did, like, the Han Solo on the torture rack in, like, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Um, he's, even, he's even got the whole, ah, face on it, like, look on his face. Han Solo with now super grimace on face. Yeah, little button on the back of it, and he just goes, I feel terrible. <laughs> But, like, I was trying to think back to, like, my childhood, and, like, I was trying to remember a time before, like, I'd watched Star Wars. Like, I was trying to think back to, like, my first experiences watching them. Like, I don't know, I had, like, this weird experience where, like, I didn't know A New Hope even existed. Like, a buddy of mine, we, like, we used to rent movies like crazy. We'd go to this place, and, you know, we'd rent, like, you know, Star Trek and Godzilla movies, and then, you know, we would just, you know, veg out for six hours and watch movies. And then we discovered Star Wars. We watched Empire and Jedi. But for some reason, we didn't even know that a new hub existed. So one day, we went to another movie store, and we were like, what? A third Star Wars movie? We were like, you know, <laughs> we were like shocked, so we rented it. And like, it was, it was like... The... <laughs> were you like, wait a minute, why is Luke Skywalker younger? And they're like blowing up a, like <laughs> another Death Star. <laughs> Like, that's the thing. Like, I remember watching Jedi with my buddy and as a kid, and I was like, what does that mean, another Death Star? Was there a, a previous one? I was like, I was kind of confused. But I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. But, like, I can remember, like, watching – I do remember, you know, clearly watching A New Hope for the first time in, like, you know, the the trench room and whatever. I just kind of turned to my, my friend. I was like, I think this is the greatest movie I have ever watched. He was like, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's sad, though, when you said this makes sense now, that's the last time you could ever under that watching a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I, I mean, if you, like, went back in time and you know, told me, the little kid version of me, that, like, there would be a day where there would be just, like, there would be so much Star Wars stuff out, like, you know, books, movies, video games, and toys or whatever, and most of it would be crap, like, I would have just looked at you and been like, you know, <laughs> you're full of bullshit. So. Yeah, that, there was that period. Like, I know you said Star Wars has always been around, but it was kind of like once once Return of the Jedi came out, because, I mean, I I know I'm, I'm more, uh, you know, on the Tony side of things, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I definitely remember... It's, it's I, the I, old I, side I, of the Force. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the old side of the Force, right? Yeah. But I, I, I can't actually remember a time when I didn't know about Star Wars, if that makes any sense. Like, there, there wasn't a period where I didn't know about it. Like, you know, my, my story on it is the, the last movie my mom watched before she gave birth to me was Star Wars. So my joke is, like, that's my because because I was in there, you know. But, uh, but uh, anyway. The Force is strong with you, young Derek. <laughs> uh, the, but, the, uh, question, the question so. I have, though, Derek, was, was she pregnant, carried you to term? But there was no father. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was definitely a father, and 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 he didn't use midi chlorians. Maybe your dad's made of midi chlorians, <laughs> taped Master, up midi chlorians. <laughs> Master Derek, 
I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Well, it's it's when R two D two gets sunned in his works. Uh, yeah, no, I don't I don't know, but but like I remember, like for for me, it's like I saw Empire in the theater, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater. It was like a really big deal. Like I remember when I when, it was like one of those things where like my parents were like, uh, you know, it was the opening night of Return of the Jedi. They're like, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to be able to get tickets, so don't get disappointed if we can't get them. But, you know, they got them, and I remember being in a big, huge line, and when you came through, they had all these actors that were paid to be dressed up as all the Star Wars characters. Of course, they were dressed in all the outfits from, like, you know, the original film, you know, A New Hope or whatever, but, you know, we're walking into Return of the Jedi, and I remember, like, the funniest thing about that is, as you kept going back to see the movies, you know, like, whether it was to see Return of the Jedi over and over again, or whether it was just to see other movies, like... Is like on the opening night, it was like everybody was there except for Luke because all the little kids like me thought they were Luke Skywalker. So the guy that they got to play Han Solo was like going up to all the little kids and like being like, yeah, good job, kid. Hey, kid, you're one in a million, kid. And like, you know, shit like that. So then you sat there like, yeah, I'm Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, and you're all feeling good about yourself before you go in to see the movie and stuff. And so, you know, they had a guy dressed up as Chewbacca and Princess Leia. Like they went all out. And and Darth Vader is, like, roaming around and stuff. But to me, like, what was funny was eventually, like, three or four months down the road, it was just Darth Vader. So it was, like, <laughs> kind of funny because it it's kind of like those Cad Vader videos or whatever, you know. It was, like, just Darth Vader roaming around the movie theater, like, you have any popcorn? You know? Remember That's to funny. keep your ticket stubs so you may go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was that, those were always, like, a big deal with me. Like, I was... I was pretty much, like, one of the bigger Star Wars fans that you would have found, you know, especially in terms of the original trilogy. I remember when the, the special editions came out when I was going to college, and I was, I was the guy that everybody would turn to and go, well, what's different? Like, because, you know, like most people, I don't know, I'd say people that aren't Star Wars fans, I mean, they, they can't tell the difference between, you know, Jabba CGI from the special edition and Jabba this and, you know, like wh whatever the changes were, you know, they're like, wait, you mean the, the big annoying scene where there's floaty fucking annoying little drone bots zooming around the stormtroopers face when Obi-Wan talks to him like that wasn't in there before. Like they don't even know. So it's like, you know, people would like come to me and be like, well, what's the difference? Like, what, what, what was new, you know? And I would tell them, like, oh, well, this was the old thing, and this was the, you know, it's like, oh, this shit in Tatooine, that didn't happen before. These, these energy compactors that were on Hoth, like, they inserted those in there, you know, CGI or, you know, whatever it was. You know, those, those windows in Bespin, like, they weren't there before. You know, like, stuff like that. You're a nicer man than I, because I totally would have messed with my friends. I've been like, Mark Hamill doesn't even... Exists. He's a CGI creation made just for Yeah, Mark, Mark Hamill's completely fake. No. <laughs> but, like, you know, so, like, uh, basically, like, like th those came out, and I was, I was, you know, like Justin was saying, I was pretty big into, you know, the power of the Force line and stuff like that. I remember, you know, the unfortunate thing was, you know, it's like you were talking about, Tony, where action figure collecting is kind of like crack. I remember I was just buying them boxed and not opening them, but then, like, one day I opened up a Luke and X-Wing fighter pilot, you know, and after that, it was, like, all over with, and I kept, you know, buying, you know, multiples and stupid shit like that and stuff like that. So I, like, bought a whole bunch of stuff, and, you know, I bought a lot of the Phantom Menace toys, which probably accounts for the fact why I won't admit that it's, like, 
a shitty movie or whatever, but like it's 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 like to me it's the least worst of the the bunch, you know. Like I mean, I I kind of think it's a lot like Return of the Jedi in terms of structure. You know, they have that kind of trifecta, you know, action scene at the end of it, which I don't think is great, you know. But but my argument is kind of like I don't think Return of the Jedi is all that awesome either. You know what I mean? Like I I kind of think you know other than the nostalgia factor and the fact that they probably had you know maybe stronger actors in Harrison Ford and, you know, some of the other people, you know, I mean, with the exception of like Liam Neeson and stuff, you know, and, and it's not even the other actors fault in Phantom Menace. It's like they're, you know, all the dialogue stuff is kind of wooden and whatnot, but I, I'd always rather would watch the pod races or, you know, the, the mall Qui-Gon Obi-Wan lightsaber duel than, than any of the other stuff in the, the subsequent prequel movies. Like they are kind of, I don't know, they all kind of like just, you know, like the Plinkett reviews kind of say, like, there's a lot of shit going on, you know, like like Grimlock was saying with the, the you know, for kids with ADD, there's all this crap on the screen, but you're not really invested in anything that's going on, so how can you possibly care about it type thing? And I, I think, like, you, you're asking, like, you know, were you always a fan? Have you been a steadfast fan, you know, Tony? And I, I'd say, like, for me, the the, the moment where where Star Wars died for me was you know, like, cause, cause we, we did this whole big thing where uh, we bought a bunch of tickets and we got all these people to go see episode one and we waited in a huge line on all this stuff. And, oh, yeah, me too, yeah. and, and I bought the toys and all that stuff. And, and on my headset, you know, my mindset was still, well, you know what? It wasn't like exactly what I was expecting and it wasn't what I was exactly hoping for, but you know what? There's two more movies. Like there's still room to like, like, you know, like you thought, oh, there's more to come. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to be all grumpy about it. But the moment it died was I remember going to Burbank and there were a lot less of us this time. Like when it was Phantom Menace, it was like there must have been like over 50 of us from, from you know, my group of friends. Like there were tons of us. You know, I, I bought <laughs> movie tickets that night. Like, like I just see you asking for like friends to go to the Attack of the Clones and they're like, I'm making cheese that night. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Like by that by that point, Attack of the Clones, it was like there was enough of us to fit in like two cars, whereas the you know before it was like over fifty people. You know, so it's like, and at this point, it was like I was the only one waiting in the line, whereas in the other one, other people like hung out with me. You know, when we when we were in the big lines and stuff like that, and we all took turns and got food and different things like that. But this time it was like pretty much just me holding the spot in the line. And like right before the movie started, then everybody showed up and then, you know, you know, it was like, Oh, everybody, you know, came into, you know, my section of the line or whatever. And I remember sitting there reading a trade paperback of armor wars, you know, while I was waiting in line, you know, and I was just kind of like, okay, when's this going to start? And, and, you know, by that point I, I pretty much, you know, like was kind of like, okay, I hope this is good or whatever. And the minute it, Star Wars officially died for me was when Jango Fett is fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi in Kamino in the middle of the rain or whatever. And, you know, they're having another one of these, like, no investment, like, I don't care what's happening fights, right? And one of my best friends, the, the guy, you know, who I've mentioned a lot on the podcast, Michael Vargas, who watched DBZ with me, like, we talk about blue cupcakes and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's a good 
friend and a great video gamer and stuff like that. He, you know, he went and saw, you know, the movies with me and we, we had constant fights about whether, you know, Star Wars comics are canon or whether they count and like different funny stuff like that. And I turn over to my left because he's sitting right next to me and he's asleep. Okay. <laughs> he's dead asleep during this scene. And then I look back at the screen and I'm kind of like, then I look back at him. I'm doing like a Darth Vader from uh, Return <laughs> of the Jedi, right? I'm looking at Luke, no. looking at the Emperor. I'm looking at Luke, and I look at the Emperor. But instead of dumping the Emperor down the shaft, I go, you know what? I'm all. I'm gonna let my buddy sleep. <laughs> like, and and I just let Luke get like fried with the electricity. <laughs> and and that was when I knew I'm all yeah this Father, sucks. Please. This movie totally sucks. Like it's not even it's not even worth waking him up because that's how fucking boring and stupid this is. Like it's not like it's so awesome that he's missing out on something and I need to wake him up. No, it's really really not. So I mean that's that that's what I'll say on that. But that's that's kind of when it all died for me. I mean, I, I will say one thing though. As much crap as I do give the prequels and stuff, I'm, I'm like most fanboys, I guess, in that respect. I do give them a lot of crap. However, I will agree with you. When Phantom Menace came out, oh, it was like a rush because, you know, like I said, you know, me and you are closer to age. You know, we're both kind of the old fogies on the show. But like, you know, yeah, I said Star Wars has always been around, but like there was novels, there was like thing of stuff after Jedi. You know, there, it wasn't nearly as prolific. I'll definitely agree with you there, and. You know, believe it or not, listeners, there was a time where we thought we would we were never going to get any kind of other movies. You know, it was like the original trilogy. That's it. That's all you get. So when they said, you know, Phantom Menace is coming out, and I know you were like me, Derek. I mean, you you can't say you weren't. Like you know, when we watched like the trailers on TV before it came out. We're like, yeah, pod racing, fuck yeah. You no, know? like and, people people were know. totally excited. I remember the Phantom Menace trailer was attached with the Bruce Willis movie called The Siege. I don't know if you guys remember that movie or anything, but it was just. <laughs> You know, basically a movie about, you know, you know, they declare martial law and there's all this kind of, you know, stuff going on. It was kind of a drama-ish, like, kind of heavy-handed movie that was kind of boring. And I remember the big attraction to that was they said, oh, they show the Phantom Menace trailer at the beginning and the end of the siege. You know, so we all went to Westwood to watch this fucking movie that wasn't that great just to watch the Phantom Menace trailer. So we even had a friend who actually missed the movie showing with the trailer, but I, it was only showing that one night. So, so he actually went back a different night hoping to see the Phantom Menace trailer and it didn't play cause it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the special prearranged night. So he was all pissed. He's like, I had to watch the fucking scene, <laughs> you know, but he was all fucking, you know, mad cause he didn't get to see the trailer. So Tony, I totally, you know, yeah, there was there was tons of anticipation and hype for it, and you know, there was definitely a lot of excitement. You know, definitely for something. You know, like you know, seventeen years worth of you know people. You know, anticipating the films and everything. So yeah, but yeah, it you know, just to put a capper on it, like you know, episode two, of course, was that that moment, like that right there, was when it was you know, completely dead to me. You know, it's like I sort of tried to keep the hope alive, where I was trying to like you know burn a little torch and be like, no, no, this is, this can still work. Like this can still be good. But at that particular moment, you know, when I turned to my friend and was kind of like, I saw him asleep and I decided he, he should stay asleep. You know, that's, that's when I knew, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm I'm very much in the same boat with you as when I was growing up. If you were, you know, a child of the '80s, like, you know, Star Wars was the shit. You know, you would watch it, you loved it, it had that just resonant thing with you where you're like, yeah, Luke Skywalker's awesome because he becomes like a hero and Han Solo's badass and ah! You know, you're just like fan geeking out the whole time. And I mean, I'm still a fan of it. I mean, I I really want to like Star Wars more than I do because even though I, I try to remain positive about it, I mean, there's there's some really crappy cr- shit that they've made out of it. And I think one of the funniest things was we, we went to go see the Phantom Menace ourselves. And it was like you. It was me and a bunch of my friends. It was, God, at least 20 or 30 of us. And we all went, and we were, you know, like I said, very eager. We were, yeah, Star Wars. It's going to be brand new, and it's going to be awesome. And, yeah. And we watched it, and there was definitely some boring parts, especially the action-packed Senate parts, you know, like, you know, like, are we going to go destroy this Death Star? No, we're going to go talk about tariff regulation. Like, ah. So it was just funny, though, because we're all walking out of the Phantom Menace. And you could tell that there was kind of a pall over the group of friends. We were just, you know, of the mind of ranging from, oh, that sucked, to, eh, okay, there's going to be more. I mean, eh. You know, just <laughs> kind of had that lost soul looking around. I was like, it'll get better, right? It has to get better, right? <laughs> But one of my friends, who I love to this day, we were walking through the, the uh, lobby and stuff, and he's just very quiet, not really offering any reflections on the movie and stuff. And I assume he was trying to be somewhat civil as far as being in a public building. But as soon as we get out of the Phantom Menace showing, which we went to the 12 o'clock, did you go to the midnight showing too? Yeah, I went yeah. to one. Yeah. We, we, we had to stay up like all night because we were like waiting in line and all kinds of stuff for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we walk outside, and as loud as he could possibly bellow out, he, like, just goes, what the fuck was that? Well, it's funny you talk about, like, dissatisfaction, because I remember, you know, because I, I, I pretty much, I think I still defended the Phantom Menace when, when I saw that afterwards, but the, the same friend who fell asleep during Episode 2, like, he knew how much I liked Star Wars. So what was funny was the next day, when he called me up on the phone, he was kind of like, yeah, so he was trying to feel me out because he didn't know what I thought of the movie because he was so tired and was asleep through most of it, and we both took, I think, separate cars home or whatever. And so so he was trying to like, so what did you, and I'm all, man, that fucking sucked. And he was just like, oh, oh thank God, I can be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, he's like, oh, I don't have to like sugarcoat it because you like it, you know, or whatever. So. We could still be friends. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's got their ratings for, like, one through six, you know. Da, 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 da. At the end of the day, I, I'm i going to go oddly positive, which is strange for me. I don't think, like, even the prequels are horrible movies, but, like, I just think with fan anticipation and what they wanted to see out of a Star Wars movie, like new Star Wars movies, they were never going to live up to it anyway. And the fact that they were, like, average to below average, depending on which movie, that just did not help. So you take, like, a Star Wars movie, like the prequels, and if it doesn't live up to expectations, it's already got it going against it. You know, you're already like, oh, well, fuck this movie. And then when in and of itself it's just not as 
good of a movie as it could have been in general. Like, not even the fan expectations, just as a movie by itself. Like I've said many times, like the Michael Bay Transformers movies. It's not just because they're shitty Transformers movies, because they're shitty movies. And that's the way it is with the prequels. It's not just because they're not great Star Wars movies. It's just that they're not very good movies in general. And then but the thing is, is when you add that on to the fan reception, it goes from like, eh, Attack of the Clones is kind of crappy, to, oh, wow, that really fucking just shat the bed. I, you know, fucking hate it. So... I, I'm, I'm trying to be a little, little positive, but I can definitely say if you gave me all six DVDs, I would totally watch the original trilogy before I watched, like, the second, you know, trilogy. If you held a gun to my head, I'd be like, yeah, I want to get the good shit over first, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what's interesting is I, I don't think I've watched the original trilogy that much since the prequels, too. Like, I know Justin mentioned it didn't really affect his enjoyment of the original series, but I think for, in my case, I think it has, you know, like I can't, I, I can't, it's like, I've seen the Phantom Menace a number of times. I've only seen Attack of the Clones once, and I've only seen Revenge of the Sith once, and that was when I saw them in the theaters, but I can't get those movies, like, out of my (laughs) head, you know, like, like I can't not, you know, I remember, I remember, because I, I stopped buying, you know, the Star Wars movies, you know, how they kept re-releasing them over and over and over again. But I remember a buddy of mine is like, oh, yeah, I got the the new releases on DVD, you know. It's like Jabba's improved in this new special special edition and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you remember that version, but he bought those and he wanted me to come over and watch them. And so I didn't buy them, and I'm like, yeah, I'll come over just to see these changes or whatever, you know. But it's like I couldn't watch those movies with him without, you know, it's like I see Darth Vader on the screen, you know, uh, torturing Han Solo, and I can't help but be like, Han, you're holding me back! You know, like, I can't, I can't not think that now, you know? Like, I can't, you know, it's like I can't, I can't not think of, you know, when, when, you know, Vader starts spinning out of control in A New Hope, I can't think like, spinning, that's a new trick! Yippee! You know, it's like, it's like, that's where he learned it, you know, like in The Phantom Menace or whatever. You know, like, I can't, I don't know, I can't separate the two, so it does... You know, even though I loved the original trilogy so much as a kid, you know, I love Luke Skywalker, and I really obviously love Star Wars a lot. It's it's hard for me to, to separate the two. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like, obviously, well, I mean, we all know the same universe, but unlike some films where you can kind of be like, like Batman and Robin, for example, you can look at that and be like, oh, God, this movie sucks. And you know what? I'm going to ignore it. You know, I can watch Batman Begins and Dark Knight and be like, that has nothing to do with this movie, which it obviously doesn't, but, I mean, it's still Batman. But you can look at that movie and be like, okay, this is nothing to do with it. Whereas- yeah, I, I think the difference is if you if you use the analogy, like, that I was using, you know, you, you can watch the 89 Burton Batman film and not think of Mr. Freeze going, you know, you're not sending me to the cooler, <laughs> you know, Burton Batman. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, I don't know, like... It, it, yeah, it's it's definitely not the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more seamless in their universes, you know, like Batman Robin does not seem like the same universe that Tim Burton started, so the yeah. Star Wars ones unfortunately do. <laughs> we're going to we're going to switch to our good friend Mike because me and Derek have just been going crazy on this, so we should we should let someone else have their their time in the sun. Just just general thoughts on the what is it, sex topology, I guess you would call it? Sextuple Yeah, I guess so. Well, now that you old people are done talking... <laughs> uh, we were holding yeah. it back! <laughs> you guys were holding me back! 
It's all <laughs> your fault. <laughs> oh man. I like the original the original trilogy. I think I I don't even know if I saw them in order, but I saw like chunks of them like I think they aired them on TV like briefly before like, a couple years before like the, that first those first like special editions came out in theaters. And that's that that's when I really saw the at the the whole trilogy like in order was when they released like those special editions not I didn't see them in the theaters when they released like all three VHSs as like a box set like that's I got that for Christmas for my parents and that's like when I finally saw like the whole trilogy like straight through and that that was like my first Star Wars like experience. And yeah, I, I I really liked them, and for a while I became like yeah like a Star Wars fan. And you know I read the comics and I bought some action figures, and you know I thought Boba Fett was the shit. And you know I went through that whole phase. I read some of the novels and all that, and then like it just kind of tapered off for me. Then yeah, when Phantom Menace came out, yeah, I, I got caught up in the hype too, because you know I was like, oh yeah, cool, you know, it, it was a little more recent for me, because I, you know, I I didn't see like, like I said, the the, the special, the first special editions were kind of my Star Wars, so I was like, you know, it wasn't as much of a gap, I guess, between like new ones for me, but. You know, but I remember, like, MTV had, like, that Duel of the Fates, like, music video and stuff, and, like, it made everything look awesome, and, you know, everyone was like, oh, holy shit, you know, this is gonna be awesome, there's a Sith with a double lightsaber in this movie, you know, and... And, you know, I think kind of conveniently, like, the trailers and, like, that music video never show you a lot of, like, Jar Jar or, you know, all that stupid shit in that in that movie or anything like that. So, you know, of course, everyone was excited. What? <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Our blockade is perfectly regal. Is that regal? <laughs> <laughs> that, it's not offensive. That's what they sound like. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, but you know, I watch. I've watched the Phantom Menace, and I'll agree very much. You so. too much. <laughs> uh, it has been approved by the Senate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree largely with what Derek said. Where I like, I, I watched the Phantom Menace, and I was like. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, you know, it's a little like he's kind of like you know testing the water. Okay, you know, there was some lame stuff, but you know, he has to like you know cater the kids, and you know, there's still two more left, so you know, the t next two will be good, you know, or you know, better than you know. So, and you know, I saw Phantom Menace like two, two or three times in the theater too, you know, and it it basically was like waiting, like waiting like an hour and a half to see like that end lightsaber duel and all that. But you know, I still kind of you know enjoyed the movie for the most part. But yeah, then when Attack of the Clones came out, I don't think I had that moment of clarity that Derek did, like in the middle of the movie. But I, I guess I was in a sort of state of shock throughout the entire movie. And like I, I didn't. I, I saw it maybe with like yeah, like six or seven friends. And like I remember when we left the movie, we all were kind of like in a kind of stunned silence. And it like I remember like I, I kind of like looked at like one of my best friends, and I was like, was it was it me or did 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 that suck? 
And then he was like, I, I think that did suck. Yeah, and we were like, what what just happened? Like, we were, we were like, in a state of shock, because we were like, I think that was, like, the first time I was like, like, because... That might have been the first time where I was like, you know, cla- like this is connected to like a classic movie trilogy, and I was like, can can these suck? Are these supposed to suck? You know, <laughs> like this is, is this a Star- yeah, it's like a Star Wars movie. Is that is that supposed to suck? You know, it's like can- is that allowed to suck? And like I was kind of like in a state of like I was like mystified almost. But yeah, and basically, yeah, I, I guess Derek said like Attack of the Clones like killed Star Wars for him, and it it didn't kill Star Wars for me, but it de- it definitely dealt a death blow to Star Wars to me, and you know, I, I it slowly kind of bled to death until like Revenge of the Sith came, and then like uh, it I was like uh, this is better than the last one, but uh, 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 and then like you know a year later I was like okay you know what these prequels were awful. <laughs> and, you know, the the only thing that kind of stemmed the tide was, like, what we'll talk about later, which is the the Gendi uh, Tartar Soski's like, cartoons. Like, I thought those were awesome. But, like, that was, like, it couldn't, like, stem the tide of, like, blood that was already gushing out of my gaping Star Wars wound. So... <laughs> But you know, nowadays I just kind of, I'm just kind of like, you know, I still like the universe and all that, and there, there's stuff I'll, I'll still call back to. But yeah, it's like Star Wars is kind of, I guess, dead to me more or less. <laughs> but yeah, I largely agree with most of what Derek and you said, Tony. So, hey, would you mind if I pose an interesting question to you? Sure, good. How do you think? And anybody else can answer this too. It, it just kind of popped in my head. Do you think maybe it would have been kind of different? I mean, would it actually have gone from even a larger cult status to near rabidness if they had actually released the movies in order? Like, back in the 80s, we get these prequels, and they're like, eh, they're all right. They're not that great. And then in, like, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, we get these awesome, like, original trilogy movies. And, yeah, whatever, they can be cleaned up a little bit. But they maintain the same essence of the original trilogy, where there's like you know pretty good storytelling, really good actors and stuff. Still kind of shitty scripts, but they got over that. I mean, do you think that would actually may have like totally had a different effect on the fandom? And that's kind of a hard question to answer because like you can't like how would like they like if if they did the prequel trilogy like in the 70s or 80s or whatever like they couldn't do like half the shit they do in those movies like you know like the giant yeah. battles and all that like i think it would look like crap so i don't know it would probably i don't know if it would even last past a first movie if they like tried to do them in the 70s like they unless like they'd have to like massively change the plot around probably not that that would have been a bad thing. Seems like the prequels, I don't know, to me, I mean, maybe this is just my perspective, but I think the prequels require an inherent knowledge of the original trilogy to even appreciate them at all. That's true, I mean, yeah. I mean, how how are you supposed to get Jawa and fucking Tusken Raider jokes in The Phantom Menace if you've never fucking seen Star Wars? That's true, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I mean, I know... Yeah, that's I, like, true. Like, if you, if, you, if you sit there and watch it in quote-unquote chronological order, I mean, like, if you've never seen Star Wars... 
like, what are you supposed to think about those scenes? Like, I don't, they don't really explain anything. That's true. Yeah, you know, like they they take for granted that you know certain stuff, you know, beforehand, you know, and then the stuff they do explain, you know, is pretty nonsensical for the most part. I mean, I I, I just remember, you know, even even Revenge of the Sith. You know, it's like I you know I I was telling you guys before the podcast started, but I think it's worth mentioning. I, there's a good buddy of mine, Scott Jacobowski, and. <laughs> He was all excited. You know, he had just seen Revenge of the Sith. He actually thought it was a pretty good movie. And I remember I sat down with him for like an hour while we were at work and and just kind of gave him the blow-by-blow of why I couldn't stand it. And by the end of it, he was kind of like, you're right, that movie does totally suck. Like, I never thought that. (laughs) And it was kind of hilarious because it was like, you know, and it was just certain things where I'm kind of like, you know. You you spoonied him. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Like, like I'm like, you can't mind wipe Owen Lars and Baru, you know. Like, you can wipe the droids all you want with the mind wipe, but you can't can't mind wipe the the people you know like they they don't know that they had the same fucking droid that they just bought in the you know like just stupid shit like that that just doesn't make any damn sense or like the great you know plinket reviews where you know they they take clips of certain things you know whether it's just one line being you know a thousand generations jedi knights protected the republic and then you watch all the prequels and all they say is for a thousand years you know and he's like Oh, uh, I think a generation is a little different from a year, oh. <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, like just stuff like that, where there's just nice, simple, clean stuff where you're like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why couldn't you just watch your own fucking movies? You know, like, It's not even, you know, I, I mean, I could understand there's like a big, I remember me and my, my buddy that I watched the movie with, you know, th- there was a big debate over the canonicity of, expanded universe materials or you know does this count if Darth Maul kicks a bunch of ass in a comic book it's like you know most people are kind of like you know it's like even in the Plinkett review there's the funny thing where he's like I don't fucking care if they had it in books or comics whatever (laughs) that that was that was basically my buddy, you know, like, because I used to love this shit, you know, and I, I read all the, you know, comics and novels and stuff. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. But, you know, his argument was always to me, like, dude, if you don't tell it to me in the movie, then I don't know about it, you know. And, and I, I've come to, you know, around to his way of thinking because it's, it's there's just, you know, that's that's the whole point. You show, not tell. And, and beyond that, you know, you, you can't tell in in another medium and expect somebody to have carried that over in in what's supposed to be a standalone experience you know and 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 I think that you know my whole point with the the Jawa and Tuscan Raider example is it's not even a standalone experience without the original movies like you can't really appreciate the prequels if you don't know that Anakin's going to turn into Darth Vader or who Darth Vader is you know, like, so, you know, there, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that are, are, you know, very, very flawed about all those movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason why I brought that up, and maybe this is just me, is like, yes, there, I, I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of references that if you didn't see the original trilogy, you'd be like, huh, what? You know, like, I, I don't get it. I think the thing that really bothered me most about the the prequels, as far as the storytelling Yes, there was some horrible acting. Yes, there was a lot of just basic writing that was flawed. But it just always bugged me, and I guess it's because I did know, is like Palpatine slash Emperor. It's just so fucking hammy and like just over the top with his 
his evil. I'm like, how did the Jedi not know this? It's, it's, it'd be one thing if he was like, you know, like, oh, I only care about everyone. I love everything. Bunnies are great. But, like, you know, even in the first movie, you know, Jake Dipshit is, you know, the savior of the universe because he knows how to pod race. And Palpatine walks by him and he's like, oh, Anakin Skywalker. We will look at your career with great, great, great evil interest as I stare at you uncomfortably. It's like, they're just, I, like I said, I understand the whole, like, you know, Jawa stuff like that, the, the Tusken Raider thing, where it's like, okay, if I don't know these motherfuckers, why should I get the joke? That I'll definitely agree with you with. But with Palpatine, the mystery's already there. We already know that he's fucking the Emperor. We already know that, like, he's bad. He's evil. And they just, they don't even try to make, really, the audience buy into it. There, there's just so many references where he's just like, you know, oh, send it to Palpatine. You have now got control of the Senate. What would you like to do? I want to make a giant army that has guns on their foreheads, but for peace. You know what's interesting about that to me is you homage certain things, right? You you homage old movie serials and you you know, you homage dog fights with World War II pilots or you know, whatever your collective lexicon is that you bring to the this series of movies or, you know, even somebody else who creates something and does the same thing. But it, it seems like he also brings all the flaws with it, too, because, you know, the you know, watching all these movie serials of comic book movies, you know, for the history of comics on film. I mean, it's very, very clear that that kind of flaw with the Phantom Menace, like the whole like, oh, clearly it's you know, Palpatine is, is the bad guy. He is the Phantom Menace. Like, he's the title character in a weird, fucked-up sort of way, right? But yeah. the, the, the the old movie <laughs> serials were just as bad, even worse. To You know, it's, it's this thing that he's paying tribute to, in a way, or ripping off, or whatever you want to call it, but he, he brings all the flaws along with it, where you're like, you know, you watch movies like Hop Harrigan or Spy Smasher or whatever it is, and you look at it and you go, you don't know Mr. X is the fucking girl? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> like, it's it's all there. It's like, well, have you not been paying attention? You know? And then at the same time, it's like the, the thing I always make fun of when I went and saw The English Patient, and, you know, I was only in high school or whatever, but there's some little old fucking lady comes out of the movie theater and goes, who who was the burn victim? And and she doesn't know the whole fucking movie, what she's been watching, right? And and so I always used to have this joke with my buddy, you know, where, where that's for anybody who's clueless about something. And there were plenty of those people who were like, wait, I don't get it. Are, aren't Palpatine and Sidious separate people? It's like, why do you think they're separate people? Because they have two different action figures. You know, and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? One has a lightsaber. What is what wrong does? with you? You know, like, and it's like those kind of people. It's like, who was the burn victim? You know, like, <laughs> serious? You don't know? You didn't watch the last two hours of the movie? Like, you don't know it's fucking Ray Fiennes? Like, you know, and, and like, so yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings about that where it's like, it's like, yes, I get what you're saying, how, like, it, it, it's almost like, you know, it takes a flaw of old movie serials where, you know, it, it's clearly, obviously, the 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 masked mystery villain of, of movie serials where it's so obvious who the, the mystery is. Like, it's blatantly obvious, almost. But then you've got these people, this movie-going audience that, you know, loves the Michael Bay Transformer films. 
Yeah. Or, 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 you know, it's like Plinkett says in his reviews, you know, if, if, if you're the kind of person that loves the prequel movies, obviously you can't understand any of the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you, you know, it, it won't even penetrate, like, you know, so, anyway. But yeah. I, I think, and I, since I was, like, trying to be positive earlier, I think I can go on, like, a micro rant for a minute. I, I think the reason why it really just turned me sour was it, at some points they did try to kind of do, like, the whole mystery thing. Like, whenever Darth Sidious pops up, he's got his little cloak on, he's, like, you know, speaking in a slower cadence, and he's even more hammy. Um, Ian McDermott is actually a good actor. I don't know why they were just like, turn the ham up to fucking, you know, Oscar Meyer on this shit. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> turn the ham up to 11. But, like, yeah, he's hammering the shit out of this. It, it was like when I was watching Revenge of the Sith is when it really hit me. Because, yeah, we're supposed to have a lot of payoff in this movie. I understand that. We have We have two and a half hours at the most. My friend always likes to make fun of the scene where, like, Anakin and... Palpatine are talking in his office and like Palpatine's like what's he say like to to understand the great mystery you must uh, explore all forms of the force or whatever and like Anakin's like all forms what do you mean by that and Palpatine's like all forms of the force and Anakin's like uh I'm still not getting it and he's like Palpatine's like even the dark side. I'm evil. I mean the dark side. <laughs> and Anakin's like, what? I don't know. I, I always was kind of disappointed with the whole setup of it. Like, I always thought the Emperor was supposed to be like Iago and Othello. You know, like, Anakin was supposed to be this great general that they all respected, but sort of feared a little bit, you know, and kind of were in awe of and... You know, maybe Obi-Wan, you know, get gets made out to look like he's been macking on Padme, and the Emperor ends up, like, convincing him to, you know, try to murder Obi-Wan and Padme. You know, maybe, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, ends up getting into the sword fight with him that way. You know, like, I don't I don't see why that's such a... You know, I, I, you know, I don't know, it just seems like they made everything so overly, needlessly complicated, and then they have all this stupid, political, boring bullshit, you know, like... Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like all this fucking, you know, I don't know. And, well, I think, again, once again, this is mentioned in, like, the Plinkett review, but it's like, it seems like everything is structured to, like, cater to Darth Vader, basically. Like, if you think about it, you know, they never said anything about Darth Vader being some kind of, you know, chosen one or special, right. you know, guy in the original trilogy, but everything is, like... Oh, Anakin's so special. Anakin is the key to everything, you know? It's just, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, it doesn't seem like like the period, you know, I mean, whatever it is, like, if Luke's, like, 18 or something in A New Hope, it doesn't seem like, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem like 18 years is long enough, like, in a weird way. Like, it seems like so much stuff changes between then, you know, and, and A New Hope, you know, where it's like, oh, wait you know, the ship's got that awful looking, like, it, it, you know, like how they talk about no consequences and how there's no, you know, like, like there's still tons of great traffic on Coruscant, you know, and the buildings are all still nice looking, even in Return of the Jedi when they inserted it in the special edition. Like, he's like, it doesn't look so war-torn to me, or, you know, whatever, he, you know, like that kind of thing. So I was always kind of like, well, you know, like, like that, I, I always thought that, you know, that, was a good point, you know, because you never, you know, 
It, 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 like if you're saying you just focus on Anakin's descent and you don't focus on the whole universe's descent, you know, it's like, wait, where do X-Wing fighters come from? Why are they so dirty? Like, couldn't you have some clean X-Wing fighters in the movies at some point? <laughs> you know, or, or, or something like that, you know, like where you're like, oh, yes, you know, here's the, the latest model, the X-Wing. Oh, wow, that's neat, Qui-Gon. Where do Metachlorines come from or whatever, you know? And then, you know, by the time you get to A New Hope or Return of the Jedi or something, you're like, oh, see, these are all the old, used, fucked-up ships that only the, you know, separatist uh, rebellion fucks could get their hands on or whatever. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of weird, like, throwaway lines in the prequels that I thought would have made for a better story. Like, you know, there's that throwaway line in... Revenge of the Sith, I think. Remember, maybe it's the end of Attack of the Clones. I can't remember. They all kind of bleed together. But, you know, Mace Windows is like, uh, I think it's time we inform the Senate our ability to use the Force has diminished. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, wait, really? Like, well, how does your ability to use the Force diminish? Like, something had to have caused it. it or did it yeah, just spontaneously that happen? Like a, yeah, that seems like an important plot point. But. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. just like, uh, we'll we'll deal with that later. We'll, we're going to fight, you know, these separate disguises or whatever. And like me, I'm just like, oh well, a better movie would have been like, you know, maybe they like have to go to some, you know, ancient, you know, Jedi or Sith temple and figure out, you know, maybe there's something interfering with their powers or you know, like I don't know, like there's some kind of giant midichlorian monster in space who's eating something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, the funny part is, you know how Mike said, like, oh, they talk about how it caters to Darth Vader. Well, it's kind of the same thing. It also sort of caters to the Emperor needs to be the Emperor. You know, so it's like that awful thing of, oh, something's clouding our Force abilities. Well, what could it be? It's the Emperor. Can we have anybody discover it's the Emperor? Oh, I'm George Lucas. Like, I guess we can't because he rises to power. It's like... You know, I, I never understood, you couldn't have, like, one guy discover it. Like, maybe Mace Windu discovers it in the second movie when he says it, and Palpatine fucking goes apeshit on him right there and gets killed, and then the rest of them are like, gee, whatever happened to Mace Windu? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, young uh, Black Master Mace came and visited <laughs> me, and then I never saw him again. <laughs> oh, whatever, you know, like, something like that. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's really easy to backseat drive once the movies are already released and and mm. pick and you know can offer like, oh, I would have done this or I would have done this or I would have done this. But you know, at the same time, you, you know, everybody kind of raises like valid points. Like, you know, they, they it has that kind of Superboy Smallville syndrome where it's like, oh, well, you know, wait, uh, you know, uh, you know, Billy Bob just learned that Clark. It has superpowers. We better like you know shoot him with a bullet, and you know like it's like so so nobody knows that Superman is really Clark Kent or whatever you know like real quick you know and it's like a lot of dumb shit like that where you're like you can't I don't know it was it was just like oh well you know they they, they didn't want to like cater to anything but that kind of setup you know it's funny though like that it when it, when uh. Windu says, like, our ability to use the Force is diminished because, like, it, that doesn't fit at all with, like, the Clone Wars, like, cartoon or anything. <laughs> yeah. Or there. yeah. Like, you know, Yoda's sinking droid ships with his, you know, Force poles and stuff. Well, but even, even Plinkett points out, he's like, oh, that's just mental. Like, why is it not physical? 
Yeah. Like, and it's never been physicalized. Like, even if, if they're fighting Count uh, Christopher Lee or whatever, you know, like, like, it's not like they all of a sudden can't fight when he shows up. But then what I thought was interesting is if you read, like, Heir to the Empire, they suggest that the reason why that cave in Dagobah was, like, you know, a dark place, you're strong with the dark side of the Force. Like, apparently, you know, the story behind that cave in the novel is, you know, that... You know, Yoda fought some really awful dark Jedi there, and that's why it's strong. You know, like, like so basically, like, the the darkness there, like, hid him from the Emperor. You know, like, yeah. so they track him down, you know, like, and slay him, or Darth Vader, or whatever. So, like, that covered up his goodness, or whatever, like, clouded their ability to search for him. But it's like, if you could explain that, you know, like, to me, like, that novel explains that concept way more better than Sam Jackson just going, oh, we can't really use the Force. Why? Because conveniently, we can't discover who the Emperor is until the third movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, lame. You know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I would have been just satisfied if they had, like, another throwaway line where it's like, it's diminished, and then Yoda was like, well, it's diminished because Anakin's so powerful, so he's drawing even more from the Force or something. Like, I was doing like, oh, okay, you, you can go ahead with your movie now, I guess. But, like, yeah. some explanation would have been better than none. Yeah. George Lucas is not in the business of explanations. <laughs> or if he is explaining things, it's we don't want the explanation. What's the use of saying? <laughs> George is great. <laughs> that was the other thing that was freaking me out on season four. I was like, what happened to Boss Nass? Like, there was some other asshole there going like, oh, it's the time before leading, sir. Mm. And I'm like, who's that? Like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like Captain uh, Tarples or whatever. But yeah, I was like, where's Boss Nass? I don't know. Oh, well. I, thought, I thought if anybody was going to make the decision, it'd be like, this and his you and I was like, what's, what's going on, dude? Now, what scene they should have edited into A New Hope? They uh, George Lucas has said that Jar Jar died when the Death Star blew up, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Leia's planet. Yeah, Alderaan. Oh. So I think they should have edited in a scene of once like the Death Star fires its laser... It should have edited in a scene of, like, we cut to the surface, and, like, you see Jar Jar, like, just walking around, and then he looks up and he sees the laser hey, coming down. Look at the big light! Yeah, and then, oh, like, my God! Yeah, he's, like, right at ground zero. <laughs> I saw, like, somebody made, like, a gif on the internet, uh, or no, it was on that Star Trek board, where it was, like, you know, uh, the title of the thread was, like, a super secret is revealed in the new... You know, a new version of a new hope or whatever, and it shows like uh, the Death Star, like you know, approaching Alderaan or whatever. And Alderaan shoots first, and then the Death Star shoots back. (laughs) (laughs) Roger, Roger. Why do they say two Rogers? Why not just one? Because Ebert's really fat. (laughs) I guess so. Man. R2 is a murder machine in those movies. Hey, what's up with R2-D2, man? He's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I was telling my buddy about the, all the new 
additions to the Blu-ray, like, you know, R2 hiding behind all those rocks. Mm. I was like, you know, people were on the internet were going crazy, like, how did he get there? And my buddy was like, well, duh, he used his rockets that he never, ever had before, and he got back there. <laughs> but we just don't see that. Exactly. I think, uh, like, R2 using his rockets in uh, Attack of the Clones is, like, my friend's, like, his death kill for uh, for Star Wars, because I can remember watching that with him, and he was just like, what? <laughs> Like he just started laughing. I was like that whole that whole scene with them in that mine shaft or whatever on Genosis is just like a fucking video game and like in a negative context where it's like, oh look, they have to wait for the fucking you know pillar yeah. to drop and time to go through the you know the 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 little opening and you know you're just kind of like what? And you're like, dude, that's not a desert. That's just Natalie Portman. Flopping around on a green screen somewhere, <laughs> you know, like I don't know. And then that that battle too. God, see, you get me started about it, and I remember all this. <laughs> shit. It's like, you no, know, it's like, come on, dude. Like, like he's not like the, the. I hate that they're not even like. If if anybody's the main character, which they didn't pick one, right? It's it's Obi Wan and Anakin, right? Well, usually in a traditional fucking screenplay, you know the main character is part of the climax and helps solve whatever the problem is in the film, right? But at the end of the Attack of the Clones, it's like the two main characters get fucking swapped, flopped away, and then Sonic the fucking Yoda comes in. <laughs> does all this stupid shit, you know, and flops around like an asshole, and then, and then he doesn't even really, I don't know, do anything, you know? They just... Floops around and shit, and like, ah. Uh, yeah, it is kind of enraging. Yeah, it's just like those movies are fucking. And then there's like Christo- Christopher Lee's funny facial expressions while he's fighting <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> His like Dracula facial expressions. <laughs> uh, uh, old man Lee. Well, you know, because George Lucas was probably like, "Hey, you were Dracula." Do <laughs> that. Yeah, I even think that fight with Django Fett looks awful in the yeah. Ring. That that was the that was the famous <laughs> scene, you know. Yeah. That that was the scene my friend fell asleep on. So just like, especially like Obi Wan's stupid CGI jump kicks. Yeah, or like, or like all that, like oh, like I don't know how to explain it, but like when something CGI, and this is something that happened a lot in that. Van Helsing movie that I couldn't stand. <laughs> it's like it's like stuff happens that has like no grounded, you know, not to not to be like science or whatever, <laughs> but like it has no grounded consequence in terms of gravity and physics. Like you the know, horses like, and the carriage jumping over the ravine. Yeah, you know, like like <laughs> shit, like you know, or like when you remember when Kate Beckinsale, like she would like fall off a fucking. I don't know what it was, like a plane or a hot air balloon or whatever, and then she her face would, like, smack into concrete, but it's, like, since it's CGI concrete, and it's just, like, she's really falling on a pillow or something in real life, you know, it's, like, it's like there's no consequence. It's, like, her face isn't bruised. She still has perfect makeup and all this other stuff. And it's, like, I always felt that way about, like, Obi-Wan's fight with Jango Fett. It's, like, Jango Fett would, like, kick him, and, like, he'd fall off this, you know, whatever it was, like, platform and stuff, and you'd be like, wait, how does he hold on to the platform? Like, wouldn't your fingers get ripped off? Like, why aren't you, like, you know, like, getting choked by your little 
Luke Skywalker like throw line. Like I don't know. Like why isn't it ripping off your your hand, or why isn't your hand getting like bloody when you like swing down on that? You know, you don't have any gloves on. Like you know, like stuff like that. Like I know that's like annoying or stupid. You know, to like question too much, but it's like one of those things where I'm just kind of like. <laughs> I, I, it just added, like, on top of the CGI, it just added another layer of, like, unreality to the situation, which further distanced me from, you know, having any connection to it. How did you fall in? What? Fell in? <laughs> Volunteered? More like it. You should have seen it. You would have dug it the most. I was flying around with my jetpack, just smoking rebels with my laser. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Han Solo was all, hey, wait. And I'm like, oh, I've been waiting for this for a long time, Solo. Ba-bang. The big bad Wookiee be growling in hell now. I even put one between Skywalker's eyes, right between those pretty baby blues. All right. Uh, that was a pretty good discussion there on the movies. Very in-depth and detailed. I mean, there's six damn movies, though, so you kind of have to really kind of delve into it a little bit more than you normally would just for a sequel or two. This guy's got about as long as the tradition is Star Trek. Uh, we are going to move along, though, kind of keep the uh, show going at a hopefully faster clip. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the uh, novels and comics that Star Wars has spawned. It, this was really kind of the uh, linchpin for a long time in the Star Wars universe because, as stated before, there, there, was, near, well, there, there was about a 10-year gap between the special editions and the originals and even a longer gap between the newest star Wars movie at the time, which was Phantom Menace and when return of the Jedi came out. So for a long time, the only thing fans really had no cartoons, no TV show, no movies. All they had were the novels. And then later on, uh, dark horse got a hold of the, uh, license to do comic books. So we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. At a, on a whim. I know Justin has said that he didn't really have a lot of exposure to it, so I want to get your thoughts real quick. Justin, did you did you enjoy the, I guess you would say, uh, printed page version of Star Wars? The expanded universe is usually what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed some of the earlier novels, like before it kind of exploded into like, you know, umpteen million novels or whatever. Like, I guess my top three would just be that, you know, Timothy Zahn, you know, Heir to the Empire series of novels like i really love those and i don't know to like to me they kind of came out at a time when there wasn't really a whole lot of star wars stuff out there like there was a few comics you know and you know you, you could pretty much go back and you know get old issues of the the marvel series or whatever so i, I really liked the uh timothy zahn stuff and then some of the other stuff like um you know tales from java's palace was pretty good but uh like some of the later stuff, like when they went into like the uh, you know invasion of the Yuuzhan or whatever, like the, I was kind of excited for that. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. This is like a Star Trek thing where they're being invaded from outside their galaxy. But then they killed off Chewie in that first book, and I was just like, ah, I'm done with this. <laughs> no, Chewie. <laughs> that that was actually one of the scenes. Han like on the Millennium Falcon. Chewie. What about Chewie? And Leia's like... Is Chewie safe? <laughs> you <laughs> killed him somehow. <laughs> no, princess. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there, there did, did get to be kind of a glut after a while. Um, I know Mike is a big comics fan. However, it depends on what you like. Did you actually get into the comics, uh, Mike? Or did you read yeah, some of the novels, um, too? 
I read, yeah, I've read a, a handful of the novels and some of the comics. Some, I guess this kind of makes me like a big hypocrite. Like, I, I think I said this earlier, but like, I, I like to make fun of how like actually like lame Boba Fett is when you think about it. But I do enjoy like the, probably my first Star Wars novel was Tales of the Bounty Hunters. And, you know, I enjoyed, like, the tales of, like, Boba Fett and IG-88 and, like, uh, what's-his-face, Bosk and, uh, I don't know, the lame bandage guy, whoever the hell that was. Um, Dengar. Dengar, that's right, yeah. And uh, I, I really enjoyed those, and I also read, like, um, I think it was called the Mandalorian Armor Trilogy or something. It was, like, Boba Fett and, yeah, Dengar uh, going on, like, adventures or something. I, I forgot. I, I, I haven't <laughs> read those. Car together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't read those books in a while. But And also, the same thing goes for the comics. I was always drawn to the comics that had, like, Boba Fett in some capacity. Because, like, you know, it was right after I'd just gotten into Star Wars, and I'd be like, yeah, Boba Fett's the man, you know? <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's like, I think you said it once, Tony, in, like, this podcast, he's cold-hearted. He doesn't care about anyone, you know? And But, uh... Yeah, I, like, I, I I read, like, uh, what was it called? I thought, like, Twin Engines of Destruction was, like, the coolest thing ever when, like, Boba Fett kills, like, his, like, doppelganger or that guy who was, like, posing as him. And, um, yeah. Sadly, I know uh, his I, name. Jodo Cast, I think, was his name. Jodo Cast, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I also remember um, there was one, I think it was called Enemy of the Empire, where Boba Fett and Darth Vader, like, actually fight. And that one was yeah, I remember. Cool. I remember yeah. that being sort of like a big deal. Where yeah, people, that, was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, I, I was gonna say like I was researching this, like I was reading up on like Boba Fett on Wiki, and like I feel bad for like the dude who like um, I know George Lucas has a dude who um, his sole job is to like keep the expanded universe like all like running smoothly, and like to do this. <laughs> To do this, there's, like, three different stories of how Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit. So rather than pick one, uh, uh, like, rather than just pick one and designate that, like, he just basically, apparently, Boba, like, whenever Boba Fett falls, he falls into a Sarlacc pit, basically. And he has to pull himself out because there's, like, four, three or four different stories of Boba Fett pulling himself out of a Sarlacc pit. And apparently they're all in continuity. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, he gets out of a Sarlacc pit and, like, walks two feet and trips and falls in a different Sarlacc pit or something. But, it's, like, it's like it's like a freaking sideshow Bob in the ranks. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess there's lots of uh, angry vaginas on Tatooine. Man. I guess so. I um I also liked uh, Shad uh, what was it uh, Shadows of the Empire. Like that was a big deal. Like they had the novel and the video game, and then they had the comic adaptation. Yeah, and I, yeah. I liked like in the comic adaptation, like they had a subplot of like Boba Fett like taking Han Solo's like carbonite. Uh, Thing to Jabba and like all the other bounty hunters try to take it from him, and but he doesn't. He back down and he beats them all because he's the man. He's Boba Fett. <laughs> it all comes crashing down and it hurts inside. You just gotta shoot IJ88 in the fucking face. <laughs> um, um, I think the the last I actually the last uh, Star Wars comic I read was around the time of Episode Three. Um, when I was just getting off, like, the what we'll talk about very soon, uh, the Tarta Soskowski, whatever <laughs> his name was, his, his Clone Wars saga, and I came off that thinking, like, you know, General Grievous was going to be, like, the fucking man. So I bought, like, the General Grievous uh, miniseries, which actually was pretty decent. 
but unfortunately, as you know, his actual appearance in the movie didn't add up to much, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He turned into a wheezy Russian for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, but, I, you know, that the comic series had, I remember it having pretty good art, and it, it was like basically, you know, General Grievous, like a bunch of Jedis all team up to go hunt him down for revenge. But since, like, you know, their names are not on the title of the miniseries, of course General Grievous kills them all and whatnot. But, you know, I thought it was still a pretty enjoyable miniseries. But that's about the extent of my uh, experience with the novels and the comics. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that was one thing that was kind of nice about the books and stuff, especially if they're in the hands of a, you know, talented writer. They actually could expand upon, you know, I know expanding universe, haha, but they could actually expand upon the Star Wars, <clears throat> you know, mythology and make it interesting. Uh, Justin was talking about, um, I'm just going to go ahead and kind of do my spiel on them. Uh, Justin was talking about the uh, Timothy Zahn books, which lots of people love. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in that. Like, you know, some people who are diehard fans usually consider Thrawn almost up there with Vader because he was such a badass. Um, he myself... Well, I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Tony, but they're so like real well-revered that the books themselves are actually getting kind of a special edition release. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I if I like that or not. <laughs> Thrawn what is, what does that, <laughs> that mean exactly? Um, from what I read, like they're going to go in and like maybe clean up some of the dialogue, like some of that stuff with the clones, so it falls more in line with the clone stuff from the the prequels. Oh, that's man. that's the way I understood it. <laughs> and when what was it when uh, when Anakin's ghost appears to Leia or whenever that happens, like. Is he going to add a no at the end of his dialogue or whatever? (laughs) No, it's actually, it's going to be Hayden Christensen. Like, we're going (laughs) to talk about his wavy, like, brown locks of hair and his pretty model face, you know? Like, instead of, like, the wrinkly old Sebastian Shaw description. No, I don't know. Leia! Is that you, Father? Leia! I'm handsome. Um, ah. Does does, does Joris Kaboth, like, speak with a a New Zealand accent now? Is that what? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, like, Tamura Robinson or whatever his name is. (laughs) (laughs) Master Kaboth, what should we do? I'll tell you this much. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I like that. That's that's kind of disturbing. Um, um, I actually have had a lot of... Exposure to the expanded universe. I've, I've read a few of the novels. I have read like the Tales of the Bounty Hunters and Tales from Jabba's Palace, and uh, I did read the Zahn books. Um, much like you, Justin, I didn't really get to the Yahoo's Zahn or whatever they call it. Just wasn't something I was into. It was kind of like you too. It was like I heard like I read like in a review like Chewie was on a planet that got crushed by another planet. I'm like, I guess that's kind of cool that it took a planet to kill his ass, but. Yeah, some of the, some of the later stuff sounded interesting, but I never did read it because I know they did a lot. Like, you know, Myra Jade and Luke get married. They have a kid named Ben, and then um, one of the solo twins becomes a Sith Lord. Like, some of that sounded interesting. It like you know sounded interesting yet soap opera ish at the same time, and I kind of wanted to read it, but I just never got around to it. I was just like, add Star Wars. Not like that, but there's like there's like a shit ton of books in that series. There's like like ten or twelve or thirteen or fourteen. Like, I mean, they're they're in the double digits. I know. But yeah, I just never got into that. I I read a lot of the standalone books. The the Thrawn trilogy is what I call it. That's one of the few that I read that was actually a series. The comics, I can't really peg down one because I I've picked up here and there. Like I, I I still buy figures every once in a while. I haven't bought any in a long time. But these had the comic two packs that would come with like a comic book that was kind of cool. 
Um, I remember I bought one that had, like, Boba Fett and uh, some, I don't know, purple fucktard robot. And it had Jawas of Doom, which was an old Marvel comic. And it was one of the ones where Boba Fett crawls out of the Sarlacc. And <laughs> well, he does fall back in at the end. Um, <laughs> so I was like, damn it. <laughs> he can't walk mean? two feet without falling in a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> He's just the most unlucky bounty hunter in the like galaxy. Like, he's in space. He's fine. On Tatooine, he's just fucked. Yeah, I do remember like uh, as well uh, Shadows of the Empire, like Mike was talking about. That actually was a big deal at the time because again, it was before like the prequels had come out, and it was also I think before the special edition. I want to say it was. It was. It was yeah. kind of in the same time frame. I think I, I remember. You know, uh, because the power of the Force figures were out for a little while, and then. The, the, it seemed like to me like those were the next big things after the the orange carded line where you had a bunch of purple yeah. cards and everybody was like, oh, we got to go get Dash Rendar. You know, little did, did they know that Dash Rendar would be a, a peg warmer eventually or whatever. Yeah. Well, he was just pretty much Han Solo because Han Solo was in Carbonite. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, pretty much Shadows in the Empire was pretty much a bridge between Empire and Jedi, so... Han Solo no available, so... Shizor. The evil (laughs) Shizor. I'm angry. How could he tell? I turned red and I'm normally green. Didn't... I was going to say, didn't, like, Dash Rendar just, like, kind of die out of nowhere at the end? Like, they were all escaping and, like, his ship just blew up and they were like, oops, well, that's why he's not in Jedi. (laughs) Use the follow power. (laughs) Unless you you played the... uh, end of the video game, in which case you played it on, I think, Jedi, and then there's a little cutscene where they're like, hey, hey, Elbot 547, or whatever his dumb droid was named, you know, like, luckily we got out of that explosion with our, our nuts intact, like, awesome, Dash, high five, you know, and that was, that was like <laughs> the end of that, but I guess you had to beat it on Jedi to, to get that ending. Yeah, I read somewhere, like, it was like on, I, I was kind of reading about Upon Wikipedia, yeah, it exists. That, uh, <clears throat> yeah, they they kind of wrote it in where, in story, you know, Dash like, you know, felt like he was growing soft being in the Rebel Alliance, so he faked his own death so he wouldn't have to be bugged by them anymore. And I'm like, you could just quit, dude. I mean, you don't have to go that much into it. Um, <laughs> he has problems with commitment. <laughs> right. It's not you, it's me. Um, <laughs> Leave the Outrider alone. <laughs> but um, but all in all, I mean, there's a lot of positive things. I remember, I think one of my favorite things as a whole was uh, Dark Empire from Dark Horse Comics. The uh, storyline was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything really spectacular. But one of the things that was just really flipping awesome was every issue when they originally came out they've been reprinted a couple of times they had like the same kind of painted poster looking uh it was was from dave dorman who did all the great movie posters of the era yeah and yeah they were really nice i mean it it, kind of gave it the series even though like i said this this storyline was all right nothing special but it gave it kind of more of a movie vibe because, yeah, like I said, it looked like you know a movie poster when you picked up the comic. So I, I do have fond memories of that. Um, well, that was a, that was a good book. I mean, that was the first uh, that that was the first Dark Horse comic. Like I remember they they were writing that Dark Empire series. It was Tom Vetch and Cam Kennedy, and then they wrote that 
around the same time Heir to the Empire was coming out. So maybe that guy, whoever he is, if he had the same job, you know, that was managing all the Boba Fett, Sarlacc Pit nonsense, if he still had the, the job at the time, I guess he must have been coordinating with Timothy Zahn and, and uh, Rick Vetch or whatever because they they both, or it was Tom Vetch, sorry, but, um, but uh, they, they must have been coordinating with uh, both those writers because, you know, in that, it was basically like, oh, Han and Leia are going to have a kid, and we're going to name it Anakin. You know, and that yeah. was in the comics. And then, in the, you know, the heir to the Empire, of course, they had the, the solo twins, you know, Jason and Jaina or whatever. You know, it's like, Jason? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So, like, they basically, like, they, you know, basically reconciled it where it's like, oh, they had the twins, and then they had another kid, you know. So it's like, you know, they didn't, you know, necessarily contradict or anything, and they seemed to try to you know, line those ducks in a row, at least at the at that point in time with the expanded universe. Yeah, and like how they had, like, the clone Jedi and the Thrawn thing. In Dark Empire, they, were, they bring back the Emperor as a clone. So, right, yeah. right. And there was that, that really cool scene. Like, I, the, the one I always got, my, you know how Mike's saying, like, oh, Boba Fett's cool, he's the man. <laughs> like, I always loved Luke Skywalker, so, like, to me, it was, like, my moment for that was, like, oh, here comes an Imperial Walker. He's like, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm a Jedi Master. I'm the man. And he, like, deflects the, the Walker bolt and topples it, you know, and everything. It's like, oh, he doesn't have to run from it anymore and, like, do the grappling hook thing. He can just totally reflect the blast and own a Jedi walker. I'm like, Jedis are the man. You know, <laughs> you're like, that's where you get your, like, you know, your fan on or whatever. You know? Yeah, it was a cool scene. I remember that. He, like, just walks out there and everybody's like, that's an Imperial walker. Are you crazy? And he's like, no, I'm a Jedi. You know, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> the, the comics and the novels did go into, like, a lot of interesting area. Did you want to, I, I know you were kind of going on about Dark Empire, but was there anything else you kind of dug about it? Derek, the novels are. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I uh, to me, uh, Heir to the Empire was like a huge deal. Like you guys were saying before, it was a really big dry spell. I mean, all you had before that was the Marvel comic series, and like I could probably write a top ten list of all the the Marvel comics that I liked, but like some of those that really stood out to me, just just for you know, quick reference for anybody who doesn't know about the Marvel series, um, issue sixty eight is written by David Michelini or Michelini, I, I don't know how to say it exactly. But uh, it was written by him. You might know him best. He had a really long run on Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, you know, when he was married to Mary Jane and all that kind of stuff. Um, Todd McFarlane was doing the art, and, and you know, he, he wrote it a little bit before that and with Eric Larson and, and after that with Mark Bagley and stuff like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought they just had a committed relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. When, when they yeah, had a committed yeah. relationship and Mary Jane was just living with Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, as far, as, I say, as far as I know, none of those stories ever happened. Ah, ah, so you both have <laughs> sold your souls to Mephisto, eh? I still have my soul, motherfuckers. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, so Marvel 68 uh, is, is like one of the first times you would see an origin story for Boba Fett, and they actually talk about you know, the Clone Wars and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm sure none of it is in any kind of uh, expanded universe canon these days, but I remember that was like a big deal when we were little kids because they were like, dude, dude, this talks about Boba Fett, you know, and it talks about how, you know, they were, you know, fighting, you know, in the Mandalorians and stuff like that. So, you, you know, you kind of had this Clone Wars thing built up hugely, which is, you know, to me another reason why, you know, Attack of the Clones was like such a disappointment because I also had these these, you know, expanded universe stories to sort of look 
you know, look to where I was looking forward to, you know, the big giant fight that was built up to me over the years or whatever. But they, they also had another, basically in Marvel 68, uh, you know, Leia's trying to track down Han's, you know, carbonite, you know, box or whatever. And she's, you know, of course, scouring the earth for, or the universe for, you know, different bounty hunters and stuff. And then she comes across this guy, Fen Shaisha, who is like another, you know, how you guys are talking about Jodo cast. He's like another guy who has, you know, yeah, a set yeah. of Mandalorian armor that he would often get Boba Fett, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. He would get confused with Boba Fett all the time. And it was kind of like, honestly, it was kind of like if, if you merged Dash Rendar with Boba Fett, that was <laughs> who Fen Shaisha was pretty much like he was trying to Mac on Leia while Han was in Carbonite. And he was a kind of, you know, he was a scoundrel and all this other shit, you know. So but anyway, uh, that was a pretty cool story. Uh, Marvel Annual number three. Uh, it's written by Joe Duffy and uh, the arts from Claus Jansen, uh, who people might know from like Daredevil and stuff like that. Um, it's called Vader's Apprentice. It's actually pretty cool. Like it, it's kind of like a, a weird parallel to Luke Skywalker's story, but then like you know it, it follows this one character and his buddy, and then his buddy gets you know messed up, and and he ends up like betraying all his friends, and his buddy ends up going off with the rebellion and joining Luke and. Leia and all those guys, but then, you know, the the main kid that's basically the the uh, analogous to Luke Skywalker, he ends up becoming a stormtrooper, and, you know, there's this cool scene where Vader's like, you know, yes, you'll, you'll have to be a stormtrooper at first, but pretty soon we'll have some personal training, and, you know, we'll wipe out everybody together, and, you know, you'll be my right-hand man, and all this stuff, and I thought it was, like, a really cool little story, you know, because you could kind of follow it from beginning to end, and it was, you know, it was kind of creepy, and, you know, just sort of the things you expect when somebody slowly turns to the dark side or whatever, you know, and he started at a certain point, he was kind of wide-eyed and innocent, just like Luke Skywalker, and by the end of it, he's, you know, suited up with the stormtroopers and stuff. So, it was it was more, it was more believable than, I had a bad dream. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Was, was Vader uh, ever like, okay, I had to kill younglings, now you go kill some fucking younglings. <laughs> yeah, 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 and there was no, there was no youngling killing. Um, but it was it, it's a good story. I mean, I recommend it for anybody who's a fan of Star Wars. And then uh, just just for historical purposes, uh, it's not the greatest story of all. But the last issue of Star Wars was inked by Willis Portacio, uh, who was the guy who created Wetworks and was a big uh, X Men artist back in the '90s. So there was like this brief period. I don't know if you guys would remember it or not, but in Wizard Magazine, where like Star Wars 107 was like the hot book of the month, you know, and it's like, why is this old, canceled Marvel Star Wars series on the top ten list? It's like, because Willis Potashio inked it, you know, and it's like, okay. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention <laughs> it, because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying, with the novels, uh, the, the, the Thrawn trilogy, or, or Timothy Zahn trilogy, like, that was awesome. I remember it was a big deal when the, the action figure of Thrawn finally came out. Um, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast when we were talking about our, some of our favorite novels, but you guys talked about all the Tales books, you know, and I like Tales of the Bounty Hunter and Tales from Jabba's Palace, but I think my favorite was kind of like the Pulp Fiction of Star Wars, which was Tales of the Cantina. I thought that was a really, really excellent book that was oh, yeah, by... I read that one too, yeah. ...by, by Kevin J. Anderson. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then I just want to give a nod to the Young Jedi Knight series. 
Um, I always thought this would kind of make a cool animated series, even though it, you know, obviously never got made into one. But this was kind of the heyday when Batman the Animated Series was coming out. And these were like a series of young readers books. It was kind of before what Justin was talking about, where they, you know, grew up and, you know, they kind of Harry Pottered it, where it, you know, kept getting darker and darker and darker. And before you knew it, everybody was a Sith Lord and trying to kill everybody and that kind of thing. But in, in the beginning, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, these are the, you know, these, these are, uh, you know, Leia and Han's kids and the adventures of Jason and Jaina, you know, or whatever, you know, like, and so you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun, you know, and there were cool things, they had little nods where I think, I'm trying to remember, but I think, like, IG-88 showed up and, like, different, you know, characters that you would be familiar with, but you were also introduced to new characters and stuff like that, but I I always thought it was cool because, you know, Luke was basically Master Luke, and so, like, at the time, you know, uh, Batman the Animated Series was out, uh, Spider-Man, you know, like, all these series that Mark Hamill did VA work on, and I always thought, oh, how how legitimizing and cool it would be, you know, if they made an animated series out of Young Jedi Knights, and then you could get Mark Hamill to, like, actually be, you know, Luke Skywalker on it, and I was like, oh, that'd be so sweet, because he's totally, like, doing voice work now, so, like, it would totally work, so that, that was something I always kind of um, envisioned and thought was, you know, a cool idea or whatever. Yeah, um, what about wasn't the Jedi oh. Temple, like, on Yavin 4 from, like, the first movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so they had, like, all that kind of stuff going on. I mean, it, it got more and more intricate as it went on, but I, I kind of enjoyed, you know, the young reader books were not, like, daunting books. It's not like, you know, you know how you're talking about, like, the Harry Potter books that are like, oh, this is a thousand pages, like, oh, gee whiz, this is going to take a long time to finish, you know? Like, the, the young reader books were kind of like, oh, this is, like, 96 pages is like, bang! You know, like, I, I don't remember them being, like, really long. Yeah, I, mean, I remember seeing them in the stores. They are like, digest-sized. Yeah, you know, like, it wasn't like it was intense reading or anything. But I remember, you know, you could rip through a couple of them really quickly, and they were they were pretty good books. Um, as far as the Dark Horse stuff, like, like we were talking about before, like, Dark Empire was, you know, a big deal. It was, uh, you know, the painted kind of watercolored art by Cam Kennedy, which is really cool. And, uh, and that, you know, quote-unquote, brought back Boba Fett. You know, they didn't feel the need to explain it in that miniseries. It was just kind of like he showed up again, and they're like, well, what happened to you? I got better. You know, basically, you know, Wolverining him, you know, like like he, he is kind of part of that collective to me nowadays, where it's like, now I kind of poo-poo Boba Fett. Yeah, like, me too. Yeah. The, you know, the super fan aura that they have that's kind of non-existent outside of their little you know, fan or a group of fans, you know, but, yeah. you know, meanwhile, you can just say, oh, well, Han Solo, like, was blind and dropped him into a Sarlacc pit, you know, like that kind of thing, but, you know, at the time, it was a big deal, and everybody was like, oh, cool, Boba Fett, Boba Fett's the man, you know, and all that kind of stuff, so, um, and then uh, the, the only other thing I was going to mention and throw out there, if people are fans of uh, Shakespeare, they might really like uh, Tag and Bink, which is the oh, story yeah, yeah. to uh, Imperial, like, Stormtrooper-type guys, and it's kind of very tantamount to uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, the, that movie, or, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are two, uh, you know, peripheral characters in Shakespeare's Hamlet, and so, you know, the movie Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, or the play by Tom Stoppard, basically chronicles, you know, their 
adventures or their perspective, you know, of, of the events of Hamlet. And so Tag and Bink is kind of like a take on that where it's like, oh, here are these two goofy-ass stormtrooper types, and here's their perspective on how the Death Star got blown up or how, you know, the Empire, you know, uh, struck back on Hoth or, you know, how the Ewoks owned stormtroopers or whatever, like that kind of thing. And so that's, it's a comedy, it's pretty funny, I, I think it's worth mentioning. And then uh, if you're a fan of comics, obviously you'll be a big fan of Alan Moore, or, or you know, you, you've at least read some of his work, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, I like Alan Moore stuff a lot, I really like Swamp Thing and, and a lot of the work that he's done over the years. But uh, uh, of interest might be that, uh, you know, Alan Moore actually wrote some, some Star Wars stories, like, way back in the day. I, you know, I don't remember what the original book was. It was something like, you know, Empire Strikes Back Weekly or whatever, you know, it was some British magazine in the U.K., but they were eventually reprinted in the U.S. as uh, classic Star Wars devil worlds. And so, like, there's this kind of funny story where, you know, it's like you're reading it, you know, and, and <laughs> if you look at it, like, with the eyes of the prequels, you know, you might kind of chuckle because you know that, you know, oh, this is a little kid, or you might chuckle because you know that he's really Luke's father or whatever, but, you know, Alan Moore just kind of writes a story where Darth Vader is basically like Dr. Doom, and he's playing this chess match with this, you know, Chuthlu-looking alien or whatever, and, you know, he basically owns him and stuff like that, and it's all about how, you know, what a, a skilled, you know, devious villain craftsman Vader is and that kind of thing. And so, but it's still, it's kind of interesting, you know, just cause if you're a fan of comics, you probably go, Oh cool. This is, you know, this is Alan Moore's take, you know, this is a master of comics's take on, you know, Star well, if you if you if you actually like asked Alan Moore today, though, he'd be like, "That was rubbish. I did for a paycheck." <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. I hope they anyway, never make I, a movie of those. Out, so. <laughs> um, actually, I, I, I kind of want to expound upon some of your uh, choices, Derek, just because it kind of brought back a little bit of flood of memories. Um, I don't know if you ever read the issue of the Marvel series, but another noteworthy one I really liked. It was, it was also when Han was in the Carbonite and stuff, and he was, you know, not really an active character. But it's called the Stinax Shuffle, and it's 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 kind of just cool. There's, like, uh, Greedo's in it. Apparently, like, this takes place, like, after that, and I guess they kind of Bubba Fetted him where he was, like, they made his race, like, able to take a blaster shot to the chest, I guess. That was a good, episode, a good issue. Uh, also... <clears throat> Uh, what was I going to bring up? It was something you were talking about earlier. I think it had to do with the novels. Novels? I was talking about the Jedi Academy and the, the tales. Yeah. yeah. Um, darn it. It, it. it slipped my mind right now. But, yeah, there, there's, like, yeah, a lot of good stuff in the comics and a lot of good stuff in the novels, too. It's definitely worth checking out. The, the Expanded Universe, the only problem you will kind of get with that hiccup thing is even though they try to keep it in continuity since this is Lucas's baby and he can do whatever he wants with it, they will sometimes just, you know, pretty much, you know, like a good example is the Marvel stuff. In the Marvel comics, the Clone Wars stuff, the Mandalorians are more or less considered, I guess, kind of like a big part of the, you know, resistance in the Clone Wars, and they like, you know, they're Mandalorian commandos, and everybody dresses like Boba Fett, and they all have, like, battered armor and stuff. And then, of course, in the Clone Wars, which we're about to talk about, you know, the clones are just clones, they look like stormtroopers, precursors and the Mandalorians and that play like a smaller role. And you know, it, it's just, you know, 
Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to note that, like, all the, like, when, when you used to have all these fan-made trailers, you know, people used to use, you know, After Effects and Photoshop to clone, like, 20 Boba Fett's fighting a bunch of guys from Braveheart with lightsabers attached, you know? <laughs> like, that, that's, that's what people, you know, envisioned in their heads with all this expanded universe material, and, and it wasn't, it was certainly something that wasn't really delivered on, you know? Yeah, I think they kind of stumbled on that very, very noticeably. I was just going to ask, did, he, did any of you guys read the Star Wars uh, Legacy or the Star Wars Infinites comics? Like, I really like those. The Infinites were kind of like the what-ifs, right? Like, I remember yeah. a few of those. Those were yeah. kind of cool. I actually got one with, uh, again, like I said, it was with the, the little two-figure comic packs that they do that uh, Hasbro puts out. And it was kind of cool because it came with a white Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, I, I read that one. Yeah, where they like where Luke saves Darth Vader at the end, and like he kind of gets redeemed, and they bring him back to the rebellion, and he gets like. What, what are you talking about, Mike? Luke does save Darth Vader. He's <laughs> oh yeah, what he is redeemed? <laughs> Remember? No. Um. <laughs> good, good. Just kidding. My, my my friend used to make fun of that little scene so much because like it, it, we would we would like go out to eat and stuff like we go to like this is memories of way back when we go to Denny's or something like that and we'd be sitting there like doing geeky stuff this was back when they were back in the D and D and magic and I would just sit there and like draw or something you know it, it was prime nerd time it was before I actually gained a more definitive personality for myself but uh, it was really funny because. You know, we'd order food, and we'd, like, sit there and drink coffee and, you know, smoke cigarettes. This is when you could smoke in, like, restaurants and stuff. And uh, our food would come, and, like, you know, I, I'd either go to the bathroom or something, and, like, you know, he would grab my plate, and he'd, like, hold it over to, like, his side of the table. And I'd be like, dude, give him my food. And, like, he'd always do the emperor line. He's like, oh, you want this, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to do that with my friends, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I remember, uh, that that reminds me, I read an issue of, like, I think it was Infinites, where, uh, like, it takes place when, like, Luke is, like, two or three years old, and, like, uh, Darth Maul shows up on Tatooine, and oh, he's, yeah. like, he's, yeah. he's got, like, Chicken Walker, like, robot yeah, like, like, stuff. Yeah, I, I remember that. Him, him and Obi-Wan fight, and, like, Obi-Wan kills him again and stuff, but yeah. that's probably, yeah, I think that was just a what if. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so much expanding universe stuff there. I, I would say, as far as a lot of stuff we brought up, that's pretty much the good stuff you really want to go for. I would, I would, if you want to read some good Star Wars stuff, and I mean, you know, dare dare I, you know, go out of the box and say stuff that's actually good and kind of edgy, I would definitely pick up the Zon trilogy. Really good stuff. Dark Empire was good. Like Derek said, it's got kind of like this watercolor, uh, kind of washed out feel. And but it's not bad. It's it's not like it makes the story bad. It makes it really good. It gives it like you know, it's called Dark Empire and the universe actually seems darker. It's it's like, you know, it doesn't seem so, you know, yay, Ewoks and Yub Nub, you know, like everything's kinda of muted, like washed out grays and greens and you know, it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that kind of like dark green and purple watercolors. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a duo tone using both those colors. Yeah, it's just really good. It's just it's impressive artwork. Like I said, the story to me was like I'd say average, but I mean you know I liked it. And nowadays, average would be superior compared <laughs> to what we've been getting. But uh, <clears throat> the art was really interesting. 
Shadows of the Empire is good just for like its actual place. It is canonical, you know. It's it, it does take place in the actual timeline and stuff like that. So I mean, it, it I really would like to give a definitive list of things you can pick and choose, but honestly, you just kind of have to dive into it and be like, okay, this is crap. I don't want to read it. Oh, this is kind of cool. I'll, I will read it. So it, it's very much a tossed up. There's so much out there, and yeah, well, there's plenty of there's plenty of choices. I mean, some people may not exactly like or love some of the things that we've mentioned, but it doesn't mean, you know, it seems like there's, pl- you know, at this point it's like Star Trek. It's ridiculous how many novels and comic series and things that there are for people to choose from. So I'm sure there's plenty of trades and, and you know, trade paperbacks for the comics and plenty of novels for people to check out if they want to check, you know, out Dark Empire. And if it's not their thing, they can check out Tag and Bank and maybe that makes them laugh. Or Oh, you oh know. actually, actually, I was going to – thank you for mentioning it. That was actually what I was going to talk about. Um, Tag and Bank – you will probably have to get that online if anybody wants to get into that because I cannot find any of those trades for it. There's like two, two miniseries and like they they did come out in a trade paperback, but either you can't find them or they're expensive. Oh, they're as they're hell. out of print or something. Yeah, yeah, or they're really expensive because I I read about it in Wizard and it was after they had been out for a while and I was like, oh, I want to go get the trade paperback. I went to like Books a Million, I went to Barnes and Noble, No Luck, looked one up on Amazon. And it was like forty bucks, and I'm like, "Fuck that!" You know? <laughs> I never got a chance to read them, but I did hear about them, and I heard like the writing was really snappy and it was really, you know, pretty damn. Yeah, it's, it's a clever, witty, funny book. So yeah, yeah, I kind of do want to kind of like some out. of those 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 one shot stories in uh, in Star Wars tales. You know, those big, huge. You know, back when five dollars was expensive for a comic book, like yeah. not all. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, back in those days, when when those Star Wars Tales books were like five bucks, and you're like, holy shit, five dollars for a comic, you know? And then uh, you know, but they had like you know whatever it was, like you know, a couple hundred pages of stories and stuff. And you know, there's that that famous Darth Vader versus Darth Maul thing where they rip off the the panel from Frank Miller's Ronin, you know, where Vader's stabbing himself to to nail the Darth Maul clone or whatever. And, you know, there's plenty of like fun stories like that where, you know, Yoda's, Yoda's talking about, you know, the chosen one and here's a bunch of salt and here's balance. And there's only two pieces of salt and like, Oh gee, we're all going to die. Like, you know, Yoda's actually like smart in a comic book, but when it comes (laughs) to actual episode two, he's a fucking clueless little green Sonic piece of crap. But, you know, like, like that. Like Master Yoda, there was a clone army created without our knowledge. What do you think this means? Oh, it means bookkeeping fucked up, I guess. Who knows? I I don't know shit. The, Je- the Jedi secret shame. They can't do math. <laughs> Yoda's Yoda's like rat trap. He's like, hmm, all going to die. We all. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my favorite parts of like the like episode two was the explanation. It's like Master Yoda. There doesn't seem to be this system where there should be in these star maps. And the fucking four-year-old's like, that, in, they, in the riff tracks, they're like, oh, thank you, voice of Cartoon Linus. He's like, Master Yoda, apparently someone deleted it from the records. And they're like, ah, the mind of a child. I'm like, of course the mind of a child is that fucking simple, Jesus. I'm like, you guys were actually sitting there going, well, this is supposed to be here, but it doesn't exist on this computer file. Could somebody have done something magical to it? Yes, it's called a delete button. <laughs> is that illegal? <laughs> it is perfectly legal. <laughs> Master Yoda. 
<laughs> my little lead button. <laughs> my little green friend. Again, not to bring up riff tracks, but they they do a little scene where like, he's walking in. Of course, the fight. The you guys are talking about the Count Dooku fight, and he's like, he's like, you know, Master Yoda, and then like, they like do their own voice. They're like, Count Dooku, how's the missus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it just made me like laugh my ass off. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the expanded universe, like I said, just just pick what you want to read, and you'll probably enjoy it. I mean, and if not, hell, you, you you wasted twenty minutes. If it's a comic, and you know, if it's a book, you'll you'll know if it sucks by the next few you know chapters. So, but yeah, yeah. Just you know, if you like Star Wars and you like more serious stories, usually the expanded universe is a better way to go. That's just my take. Do you guys kind of agree? Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of options there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What? Um, we are going to move on, though. We have brought up the Clone Wars more than a few times in this podcast. Uh, you know, obviously, we, there was a movie called Attack of the Clones and whatnot. However, right now on Cartoon Network, still airing, it actually just had its season four premiere uh, two weeks ago. Um, there's a Clone Wars cartoon. It's uh, CGI, which is something new for the Star Wars universe as far as uh, animation. They've they've done 2D animation before, but this is the first CGI cartoon they've done. Uh, it's following the the trials and tribulations of Anakin before he decides to go kill babies. And basically, there's uh, yes. <laughs> and there's yeah, I about to say there's Ahsoka Tano, who's a uh, basically his Robin. She's a chick who, like, goes with him on his adventures and stuff and, you know, gives the whole even more childish, like, viewpoint. Not childish, but, like, childlike viewpoint. She's younger and whatnot. And it has Obi-Wan Kenobi and has a lot of the clones. It actually features the clones pretty heavily, which is nice. They actually do give them more character than just, you know, you know General Kenobi, here's your lightsaber. I'm going to shoot you in a minute. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it for the most part. I think the only the only qualms or criticisms I have, and yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go into my thoughts real quick, is the the, the animation style is well done. It's well animated. The uh, the flu, It's very fluid. It looks like it's supposed to, how they do it. I just don't really like the character models. They look kind of rubbery. Yeah. 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 They, I don't know. It, it, it looks like they use modern animation techniques with CGI, but they use, like, you know, 2001 CGI models. You know, it's like... And, you know, and the stories do kind of go back and forth between, like, really good stuff that's really high action, you know, really fast energy and pretty, pretty enjoyable. And there was, like, especially I think Derek was talking about it, like, season two or maybe three. I, can't, I think it was season two. They just get bogged down with the whole Senate and stuff or the whole, like... Yeah, the first, the first like, ten episodes of season three... Is just super political bullshit. Like it's <laughs> like not even worth watching. It's a bunch of you know kind of like propaganda crap and just I don't know. It's boring. Like that to me. Like I was kind of disappointed with that first half of season three. It's 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 boring. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that you know is, everybody knows that's what we were all clamoring for in the original, not the original, but the, in the prequels. Like yeah, more Senate. Yeah, more more talking. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Let's go to the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin, don't we go do a border dispute? No, no, no. They're voting. Oh, shit. Sorry. Let's go watch. We uh, have a house party. <laughs> <at> the Senate. 
Well, that's probably why Anakin went to the dark side, because he had to be subjected to so much friggin' Senate bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's basically C-SPAN with walrus faces and, like, you know, vagina mouths and stuff. It's like, we're, we're here to discuss the uh, the rise of tariffs in the, uh, you know, in the so-and-so system. And, like, Anakin's like, when are we going to go to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> you promised! <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I mean, the the stories that are good though, just like the Hispanic universe, they, when they're good, they are pretty damn good. I'll go ahead and throw out one that I really enjoyed, just me myself. Uh, there's one episode. I think it's maybe the start of season three, like before they get into the whole Senate shit, and uh, it's like about the clones on Camino and stuff, and some of the like older clones who've been. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was a pretty decent episode. Yeah, yeah, they come back and, like, you know, they've been around for a while and they've been, like, fighting and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. And they're more or less there to kind of teach the younger clones who just come out, come around to, you know, like, here's, here's what you got to do to be a, I don't know, I like guess a clone. Um, <laughs> and then, well, they, uh, they, show, they show all the guys the ropes and they keep having this... Uh, training session that that all the teams have to go through, and I guess you follow the adventures of this one clone trooper team that you know they keep failing the 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 test trial run because they don't operate as a team, you know. Yeah, and they, they, you know the one guy's a grandstander, like you know Kobe Bryant playing basketball or some shit, you know, and <laughs> and like you know, and then the other guys are like, oh, I don't know if I want to go out into the line of fire, and the other guys like, you gotta follow orders and you know, that kind of shit. So you see. You see all these guys, you know, and by the end of it, it's kind of like a nice full circle arc character arc where they're all kind of, you know, actually a cohesive team unit, you know, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I guess, like, probably one of the reasons why I like episode is, like, there's little to no Anakin as far as I know. That's probably why I liked it. <clears throat> and also, like, yeah, like Derek said, it was, like, a very self-contained story. It was like, okay, here you have the losers, and then they, like, redeem themselves and show that they can't work like a team and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Um... That's just one of my one of my favorites. So it's probably another one that I really like was actually one of the beginning ones. It was where they're on some planet. I don't know. And again, it was another clone heavy episode where like a team of five clones, and they, they actually do show up later in that episode I just was talking about. They get invaded by some uh, battle droid commandos, which it's pretty sad that even the creators of like the Clone Wars cartoon are like battle droids are stupid. They fucking suck. So we're just gonna like keep the name, but make even tougher versions that actually are not laughable. And it, it's it's kind of a fun episode because one of the things about the clones, and I guess you can get away with this because they're clones, they're not, you know, technically independent characters, you know. They kill clones off a lot. A shit ton. And even this episode, you got to know some of these characters, and but still, because they're clones, there was no guarantee anybody would live, and a pretty decent chunk of them did fight it. And it was another good kind of – it was like one of those uh, episodes where it was like a horror movie because they were trying to survive against, you know, superior odds or like a dirty dozen kind of thing where they had to survive. But since they were characters that were expendable, you didn't know who was going to die next. And it was kind of a nice little – Yeah, it seems like uh, broadcast standards and practices kind of regards robots, aliens, and clones all with the same – uh, regard, like, <laughs> yeah. in terms of, of what they care about. They're like, yeah, it's just some guy with a New Zealand accent, and he's, <laughs> he's he's covered in armor. The kids don't know that he's, like, human being. Like, go ahead. 
have it have free will have it have it you to blow them away you know yeah fucking kiwis we don't care uh, <laughs> clones but, uh, are people too <laughs> why don't you care but uh that's just a couple of reflections on some of it i i would say all in all as far as like a personal i guess you say recommendation it's worth watching but it is definitely not a show i go out of my way to watch if it's on and it looks interesting yeah i'll tune in but if i you know, turn it on and it's friggin' whatever whatever his name is, uh crap. Uh one of the Nemoidian guys from like, you know, the other one like Oh, we should vote on the Senate for, you know, the wonton or the egg roll. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know what's funny about that is uh is George Takai uh Takei actually uh, was one of the voice actors for, for one of those uh aliens. <laughs> Which I thought was like, oh man, you know, like Jesus Christ. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, so there's yeah, there's definitely some stuff in there where I look at it and kind of like laugh or whatever, kind of wonder. But you know, there's 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 good stuff too. Like there's um the uh, the season two stuff that I wanted to talk about because you're talking about all the Mandalorian stuff and like the like episodes twelve through fourteen. Uh, they all deal with like the the Duchess who rules Mandalore, and she's apparently an old friend of Obi Wan Kenobi. And actually, there's like a, basically it's a subtle, not so subtle reference to Moulin Rouge. Like she kind of looks like the Duchess. Kind of looks like Satine from Moulin Rouge. So like I kind of I like that movie. So I kind of dig those episodes because one it deals with Boba Fett, and you know still even though I you know make fun of you know Wolverine and Boba Fett's fan or you know way way in the back of my head. You know, it's still like, both it's cool, Batman's cool, like Mandalorians are cool, you know, like stuff like that. So that's still kind of stuck in my head. So I was kind of at least interested to see the uh, the Mandalorian stuff and then the nod to Moulin Rouge. I thought was kind of like clever, even though, you know, most people probably wouldn't catch that. Um, and then uh, the season three stuff, like once they stop talking about politics by like episode 12, there's some really cool uh, dark Jedi stuff with like Ventress and... Uh, you know, Count Christopher Lee and stuff like that. You know, they have like a, a weird hulked out, like angrier version of Darth Maul and stuff like that. And so I thought there's lots of cool, like, you know, uh, nefariousness and betrayal and turn play. And I'm like, finally, enough of all this politics stuff, like some real people actually just treating each other like crap, you know, like real people do, you know, and I was like so happy about it. Um, but the, um, uh, the the thing that I wanted to mention, I know we were talking about comics before, but this is just my personal pet peeve or whatever, or, you know, it's like, I, I'm not going to, like, stress out about it, but I figure since we're talking about it on the podcast, I might as well bitch about it and let everybody know, but uh, eventually we're going to talk about the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars, and in that series, a character called Asajj Ventress is introduced, and she's like a female, basically apprentice to Count Dooku, and is like a Sith Lord, basically, or an apprentice Sith Lord, or what have you, right? And so she's supposed to be all badass. She has a really cool fight with Padawan uh, Anakin, you know, with his little girly braided hair or whatever. And Anakin <laughs> has a really awesome, awesome scene where he goes dark side for a minute, you know, takes one of her red lightsabers and, like, beats the shit out of her and drops her down a dark, big, huge, cavernous fucking cavern. Okay, and so then you're kind of like, oh, that's cool. You know, he went dark side. He's all awesome and whatever. So, you know, me being, you know, anticipating the Clone Wars for years and years and years, I sort of followed 
the Clone Wars in the comics. I followed that um, the animated Gendy Tartakovsky thing. And when this show came on, I was like, I'm going to follow this. Now, honestly, the first movie is boring as fuck. It's more boring than The Hidden Fortress. I recommend you never watch it. Wait, as far as like the Rod of the Hut, right? Yeah, as far as the first, you know, as far as the seasons go, they're only 22 minutes, so if you run into a bad episode, you can kind of catch it early on, and even if you don't catch it, it's only 22 minutes, but the 90-minute movie or whatever it was, 70 minutes that they put in the theater, like, I I legitimately feel sorry for anybody who watched that in the theater and paid money and had to, like, sit down and didn't leave or whatever. It's just so (laughs) poorly paced and whatever. Anyway, um... But, you know, you've got Ventress, who is, is in this new CGI Clone Wars series. And in the comic books, it's explained that not only did Ventress not die the first time she died, getting stuck into a long, dark, deep, cavernous, black cavern, she was alive, and she fought with Anakin, and she's the one who gave him the little scar on his cheek. You know, that that's the explanation, the in-canon explanation of where Anakin got that scar, even though Lucas, you know, doesn't care where he got the scar from or whatever. But, you know, it's, uh, it's Star Wars Republic issue 72, if anybody's curious about what I'm talking about. But there's a big fight between her and Anakin, and she's basically, like, chiding him on, saying, I'm going to go kill Padme. I'm going to, you know, and you know that's a mistake, right, to threaten Padme. And then uh, and then she's saying that, you know, she's going to go kill Obi-Wan, and she doesn't want to waste time with Anakin. She's going to go find Padme real quick and, like, you know, murder her or whatever. And so Anakin's basically through playing around, and he's, she's like, oh, you're a Jedi. You're not going to do anything to me. And he basically, like, kind of, like, force lightnings her and, like, just throws her down another deep, you know, dark you know, uh, <laughs> Coruscant fucking city cavern. She basically gets mace fucking windued and electrocuted, right? So this is the second time she's died. And, and, and you know that chrono- uh, chronologically, you can't dispute me because he doesn't have the scar until episode three. And at the beginning of this Clone Wars, he's got the scar. So all this shit had to take place before he got the scar, right? The Tardif... Uh, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, and the Star Wars Republic 2. So when this m- series starts, Asaz Ventress is a character, and she's back again to fight. <laughs> and so I'm like, how many times is this fucking bitch going to get killed on this fucking war? So anyway, like to me, like that's my little nerd rant about that. I think that's kind of ridiculous. And her, her, and, her and Boba Fett have to, like, form a support group for falling yeah, they're like, down they're the like, same hey, How many people here? <laughs> they're like, they're like uh, I am a uh, faller in Sarlacc pit, holesaholic. Uh, hello. You know. I was yeah, like, I'm here because I fall into cavernous caverns. Cavernous caverns? Those are the worst kind. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Um, just just to be positive about some of the Clone Wars stuff, uh, uh, besides the dark side type episodes that I was saying were pretty cool, uh, right after those in Season 3, it's uh, episodes 15 through 17, uh, they feature like Anakin Skywalker and, and Obi-Wan and Snips, and they all go to this weird kind of monolith-looking 2001 planet 
It's kind of like uh, one of those Dyson spear-looking things from Star Trek. And so they go to this planet, and on the planet there's uh, a father, and, a, and he has a son and a daughter who are representations of the dark side and the light side of the Force. And it's this really cool internal struggle, you know, and they kind of play on the idea that, that Anakin is the balance of the Force, you know, that he has both light and darkness inside him. And I, I thought it was really, really good. I was kind of hoping they would kill off Snips. Of course, they didn't. Uh, I keep waiting for them to kill Snips, like, in a <laughs> meaningful... Like, not because I hate Snips or anything. Like, it's just... It's just it I, I'm like, she, she has, has to, to die. die. Yeah. And, and if anybody kills her, it really should be Anakin. But even if it's not, like, I'm just waiting for... I'm like, I want to see a good... Snips needs to have a worthy death. And I was hoping, like, I'm all, oh, this would be a pretty cool death. You know, like, in Frank Miller's Dark Knight, he's like, this would be a good death, this race car crash. It's awesome. Like, you know, and I'm kind of like, oh, this would, this would be a good death for Snips. Like, this would be a good death. And, like, of course, he cries like Ash, you know, uh, in the Pokemon movie or some shit. And then Snips is okay. So I'm kind of like, other than the ending, like, I thought those episodes were really cool. So, I, you know, just, just so they, you know, so people know I, I've got some positive things to say about it. There, there are some good, you know, episodes here and there. So, uh, you know, there you go. I was, just, I was just thinking, like, maybe, like, Asajj Ventress is, like, a Pokemon and, like, you know, Anakin's like, Anakin uses seismic toss. It has no effect. Uh-huh. So, so, like, old man Lee's got a bunch of Pokeballs and he's like, <laughs> I, I choose you, Asajj Ventress. You. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe that's how they're gonna get rid of Snips. They're gonna go to some planet, and like Anakin is just gonna like nonchalantly say as he like looks out the window, "Huh, a lot of cavernous caverns around here." Uh, I don't know if, if if it was Pokemon, Anakin would just be like, "You're free, Snips. You're free. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to stay locked in a Pokeball anymore. Go go run through the hills of, of Tatooine." See you in a later episode where we like put out a fire or some shit. Uh, <laughs> Nice. Go to Naboo and be happy. <laughs> Jeez, snips. Um, uh, I know uh, Mike and Justin are not really huge fans of it, so I'm going to go ahead and throw it to one of them. I'll, I'll go with Mike. Uh, you probably, like I said, I, th- I know you've said you're not like a huge fan of the show, but of the episodes you may have seen, did you have any reflections or opinions or just meh? No, you know, like, I've watched it on and off, and I, I, I wanted to watch the episodes uh, Derek recommended about, like, the balance of the dark side and light side, but I never ended up doing it. Um, you know, I've seen a handful of episodes, and they're okay, but it's nothing, like, mind-blowing. And, yeah, I agree with, like, what's been said, that, like, I think the animation isn't the best it could be. Like, it, it's kind of, like, the CGI is kind of stiff. And, like, you know, what do you call it? The Tartakovsky's uh, Clone Wars are a lot more, like, I don't know, it, it seems like the action is a lot more weighty there, and they're just, like, traditional, you know, hand-drawn animation, you know, oh, well, you know what I mean, traditional 2D animation. It has more of a sense of urgency yeah. and style and stuff, yeah. Exactly, and, like, the death blow 
for that series for me when I like I I watched like the I didn't see the movie but I watched like a, a couple weeks in like I watched an episode and the death blow was I saw they were using um the same guy who voiced General Grievous in the movie in episode three and not like and basically going with an episode three version of Grievous and not like following up on the awesome one from the previous Clone Wars saga so I was like eh forget it then yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're kind of going with the, the top hat, uh, curly mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was from Is Toy Fair. Padme I remember that. on the train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get that reference actually from a, a again from a twisted Mego theater where they were ripping on episode three, and when General Grievous shows up, he's got like a top hat and a curly mustache. <laughs> And yeah. like he's like he's like uh, I'm going to yeah he's like I'm going to kill you Jedi and then I'm going to burn down the orphanage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they like captured him. He's like, oh, now that I brought you to my command center, you will and, pay the price. And they escape. They're like, no, my command center. How did you find it? <laughs> yeah, and then like Anakin's like, uh, not if my wooden acting has anything to say about it. <laughs> I love the whoosh when he swings on that too. <laughs> Not binding as they say about it. Whoosh. <laughs> so, in whatever case, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm underwhelmed by that this series. I am very uh, underwhelmed, underwhelmed by <laughs> by uh, the CGI Clone Wars. Like I, it's kind of like how Mike was talking about Scooby Doo in an earlier show. He was like, "Yeah, if Scooby Doo's on, I guess I'll watch it. I don't really want to." It's kind of how I feel about CGI Star Wars. Like if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, I'm just like. Eh, okay. Like, the only episodes I ever really cared for was ones that had been previously mentioned, like the Clone Trooper heavy episodes, and uh, I like the Mandalorian uh, three-parters. Like, those are pretty good, but uh, I, I decided to sit down and give it another chance, so I watched the season four premiere, and I I didn't really care for that. It's kind of like how I feel about some of the DC reboot stuff. I'm just like... I feel like I've seen this before, and in a better version. Like, there's a an episode of the, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars where they pretty much have the same story, just with, you know, you know better action and storytelling. So I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't care about this. Um, but, like, as far as, like, Snips, you know, getting killed off in the future, like, I don't really think that they will kill her. I mean, I know she's, you know, an alien and may not count, but... It's, you know, when you kind of kind of look at the series, it's like you know, basically this show is kind of for kids, and uh, like I think a good example is like over the winter I worked at a uh, primary school, and uh, like I would walk down the hall at the end of the day, and you know all the kids would have a little like about me sheet, and all these kids were like just out of their minds, you know, crazy. You love Star Wars, and they even had a Star Wars day at school where like they got some. Uh, some high school students to dress up as like Vader and Stormtrooper and Princess Leia, and they were all running around like trying to kill each other and stuff. <laughs> but uh, like I'm just like, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Like you know, it's it's for kids. Kids love it. So I don't I don't see Snips getting killed. Like I think we'll kind of like you know have her vanish into the desert like Obi Wan or something, and you know she'll show up in some comics later on or something. I'm about to say you think they're just gonna peace conference her ass or something. Yeah, she'll go to the peace conference with you know. Jason or whoever. <laughs> neat, 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 neat. Um, Come back as the gold Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
Snip Ranger. Oh. <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I'm kind of glad we talked about uh, and we had this queued up this way. I'm glad we talked about the new Clone Wars cartoon first. Well, the newer, I should say. It's been on for four seasons. Because now we're going to talk about something that, out of all the Star Wars stuff that has been extra, that has been done on the side, I guess you would say, it is one of my favorites. It just probably one of my favorite stories from the Star Wars universe. I mean, we're going to talk about the uh, Gennady Tartakovsky uh, Clone Wars series. This was kind of an interesting concept, even beyond the fact of how it was done as far as the story goes. It was just like 10-minute-long cartoon like shorts, and it was airing at various times on Cartoon Network. It came between Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars to kind of keep interest up, because even I think Lucas was like, wow, people really hated fucking uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, <laughs> we got we got to fix this. But uh, Gideon Tartakovsky, if you, if you don't know who he is, we talked about him before on the podcast, but just for a quick, you know, like rebreather of who he is. He, he did Samurai Jack. Uh, he did Dexter's Lab. He's a very talented guy. He's really good with action, especially, like I said, if you watch Samurai Jack, he's got a really good style with it. And we we also talked about Gendy in detail in our symbiotic Titan segment on one of the early, early, early podcasts. I believe yeah, it was yeah. podcast five. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the lamented symbiotic Titan, which only got like one fucking season for some reason. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's very, oh. very... <laughs> no... But yeah, no. he's a really talented guy, <laughs> and I really like the the Clone Wars cartoon. I'll, I'll probably go into my you know more detailed thoughts here in a minute. But I know Mike was a big fan of it, so I want to go since he had to like you know try not to shit all over the uh, CGI cartoon. I'll talk, let him talk about something he actually liked. <laughs> yeah, hell, it might be my favorite thing from Star Wars. Period. Uh, you know, like like you said, like Gendy Tarta. Tartar Topsky, whatever. I can never say his last name right. I, I, it's going to be a thing with me, like just saying something different every time. But yeah, it, it, he does like you know he does freaking awesome action, like in, as far as cartoons go, and you know especially action involving the destruction of robots. So you know oh, yeah. the, the droids getting destroyed by the like you know ton in this series, and. uh it's just like awesome all around. Um, I, I like the fact that the series like makes the Jedi like the like the supermen they should be, but like it kind of falls apart though in that like they're like they're nowhere near as powerful in the actual movies as they are in this cartoon. But it's it just it's just a whole lot cooler in the cartoon because you know you get the scenes like Yoda making the droid ships crash together and stuff with the Force, and you know like Mace Windu like casually like gesturing and he sends up like a tsunami that like knocks all these droids around and stuff. I mean it's really awesome looking, but I guess it, it doesn't really like you know I guess sync with other sources, but whatever. Uh, you know, this is like I'd rather take this cartoon over any other source. So, I'd, my main point is like probably my favorite like that when General Grievous is introduced in that cartoon, like that that is a friggin' awesome action sequence. Like when he, I, and it continues into like the next like the, you know they did that first volume and then it ended on the cliffhanger of Grievous like you know. Uh, killing all those Jedi and like what's his face, uh, Kiati, big head guy, 
He had him. Uh, yeah, he was like the last one left, and like Grievous leaps at him, and then there was no more Clone Wars for like a year or two, and then like when it comes back, it, it like cuts right back to that fight, and then like the clone troopers come in and like try to take Grievous down, and he like owns all of them too, and they have to like retreat. So like after that, I was like, oh man, Grievous is gonna be totally awesome, and you know, Episode Three, and we all saw how that ended up. But, yeah, that was yeah. that was definitely another factor in and. Like I, I know, I know it's it. You, you know, you want to judge something standalone or you know give it its own thing, but you know that that after that build up for Grievous and then having him be the twirly mustache, you know, tie a girl to the train tracks thing, <laughs> and when the hero shows up, he just you know twirls his mustache and runs away and is too scared to actually fight the guy. Like it's just it's like they they made two different characters. And nobody talked to each other about it, or I don't know what, but I think yeah. I'm pretty, like, I'm almost certain, like, they had to add in that scene at the end when Mace Windu, like, crushes his chest to, like, yeah, like just, justify why he's so much weaker after that. Mm. But, you know, it it, it kind of, like, yeah, it was a big letdown, but, you know, otherwise, like, I like the fact, like, they had to, um... Like, to hide the fact that he had, like, four arms. Like, they have him fight, like, with his feet sometimes, like, holding a lightsaber, too, which is cool. Yeah. And then, like, he finally reveals, like, the four arms at the end. But, you know, that, it, that's still cool. Um, I, I also wanted to, uh, like, mention that, like, in that cartoon, like, more than anywhere else, I buy that Obi-Wan and Anakin are, like, best buddies and stuff. And, like, you know, brothers, like, they, they really sell that relationship. I also like that scene. I think it's in the, yeah, it's in the second volume when uh, Anakin, like, sees, like, those cave paintings. Yeah, that, it, that's awesome. Yeah, it, like, paints, like, a, it paints a picture of his destiny and stuff. And, it, <laughs> like, it was really it, sad that, like, in that cartoon, they made it more subtle yet more impactful that, like, you're like, oh, he is a hero. But he is a dick, you know. You actually got yeah. that vibe a lot better, you know. I like well, like the cave paintings. You know, they eventually, like at the end, they rearrange into like an outline of Darth Vader's helmet. And like my my buddy, my buddy Matt and I, uh, we always had a joke about that scene where my, he'd always say like, you know, if George Lucas like did this scene, like there'd be no subtlety to it at all. And like you know, the the uh, the outline of Darth Vader would like look at Anakin and go, I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> this is your it's future, like, bitch. It was like, "You're me, I'm you." We always had that. We always had that joke about that scene, but and the one last thing I'd like to mention is like my favorite comedy moment from that that uh, series. And there, are, the, the, that's another good thing about that series is like the humor is actually very funny too. But um, when at the end, when Anakin's like uh, rescuing all like those war, those alien guys who have been like kidnapped by the, the separatists and made into like bioweapons or whatever. And like that, he busts that one alien guy out and the guy like runs up to him and starts like talking and all gibberish, like, and like it cuts to Anakin and he just goes, what? he's like what <laughs> I, I just i just love the delivery on that and like the, the the dude who does anakin's voice in that cartoon like he he does a excellent job of like sounding like hayden christensen but somehow being able to act so that's pretty cool <laughs> like christensen's balls actually dropped oh wait did i say that um 
But uh, yeah, 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 very much better voice acting in that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just throw a couple of two cents in there because you you pretty much summed up how I felt. Um, two things I really liked is unlike the Clone Wars thing that the CGI cartoon does, like Gennady is such a very imaginative sort. He made new characters, like you said, they use Asajj Ventress in the CGI show, but she was in the Clone Wars cartoon originally, like Derek said. And that's where she came from, and she was a really cool character. She's this bald-headed evil bitch, and it was really cool. There was also another character. They didn't go back to Bubba Fett or anything like that. They had this guy called Dirge, who was like this protoplasmic guy in this armor, and he like was this just fucked-up dude. And I, I appreciate that a lot more. I like the fact that he was like, okay... You're going to let me dip my finger into, like, the Star Wars universe, and I get to do whatever the fuck I want? Well, I'm going to do some new shit. I'm actually going to not think inside the box and actually kind of make something new, which is really, really refreshing. And not to gush on the same thing Mike was talking about, the action is just so good. I mean, the battles have weight to them. You're like, you know, when when the Jedi are losing, you're like, oh, shit, they're getting their ass kicked. It's not just like, yeah, they'll fucking win. You know they'll win. Fuck this. But when they fight in there, they do get overwhelmed. They do get, like, you know, there's, there's a sense that, like, okay, people might not survive this crap. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he is really just that talented, which I have no problem saying he probably just is. Or, you know, and I hate to say this about somebody, considering he created it. But it seemed like Gennady Tartakovsky got the friggin' Star Wars universe ten times better than the guy who created it. I, I kind of agree, especially in terms of the prequels. I mean, I, I'll just say some brief things, but, like, just as an example of that to me. And, and, and it's like he got the prequels better than Lucas got the prequels, and Lucas made the prequels. Like, the ship that Anakin uses, like... Just a little detail. Like, I absolutely love that his little, whatever it is, Jedi Starfighter is painted with the same paint scheme that his pod racer had. The little blue and white Jedi Starfighter. Like, in the new CGI Clone Wars, or in Episode 3, it's back to this orange piece of fucking hunk of shit. Like... (laughs) But I love that design. I mean, partially probably because I'm partial to, like, blue and whites. Like, I always thought those were, like, a cool combination of paint schemes and everything. But, you know, beyond that, it's just the, 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 the little detailed inner logic of that is like, oh, little Annie rode in a pod like that. So why wouldn't he deck out his car, his spaceship? You know, why wouldn't he pimp it out to look just like that, you know? Like, I think that kind of stuff is just awesome. And and back to what Mike said about the whole relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I think what's great is that, like, in those cartoons, Anakin does have descents to the dark side, like the scene I was talking about where he originally fights Asajj Ventress and the way they they shadow his face and the way he he uses a red lightsaber when he goes to the dark side i mean it's not it's subtle it's not over the top where he's like i'm evil i'm evil but it's like you're like hey red lightsabers have always been evil in that universe when he makes the turn he's no longer using his blue lightsaber you know it just he's using his metal hand to do it like you know there's all kinds of subtle 
things, but they come across loud and clear. And, and, and you actually like, I don't know, for me, like, especially in that second half, even when he does the little, you know, cave painting, you know, uh, you know, goes on his little medicine man kind of future, you know, vision hunt or vision quest or whatever, you know, I mean, I did like Anakin and that was one of those things where it's like, it's great, but it's a shame, you know, it's kind of like, it's so great that this exists, but it's a shame that none of that kind of stuff was in any of the prequels at all. Cause there I actually was like, Oh, I kind of feel bad that Anakin's, gonna go down that path and that's the ultimate fate that awaits him whereas you know in those movies it's like i could give two shits you know in those chapters anakin is also clearly the main character of the show yeah so, there's yeah. no there's no question that that it's not like oh is it obi-wan is it anakin is it obi-wan is it anakin is it quite gone is it jar jar you know <laughs> so I, i've actually said this to a couple of my friends before i was like you know, if you can, like, just take away a few things that Attack of the Clones did have to introduce. If you watch, like, Phantom Menace and then the Clone Wars, because it's, it's, like, about two hours. It clocks in a little bit under that because it's two separate seasons, and it's, like, yeah, like I said, they're about ten or so minutes each, and there's, there's about, you know, about six or so episodes, seven episodes. It's about two hours. And just watch that. Fuck Attack of the Clones. Then watch Revenge of the Sith, and it's not nearly as bad. It's, like... Huh, okay, <laughs> you know. That's just my personal uh, recommendation for anybody. Uh, uh, what about you, Justin? I know you're actually a pretty big fan of it, too. You actually liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it, I liked it quite a bit. I, it's hard to top, you know, some of your all's comments. I'm not even going to try, but uh, I will talk about something. Like, when it, when it was announced Tartakovsky was going to do the Clone Wars cartoon, like, I kind of had reservations i was like i don't know like i really love dexter's lab and i love samurai jack but i was just like i don't know if he can do star wars i was like it might just end up being you know silly or worse than episodes one and two but uh he he definitely proved me wrong like the uh the episode derek was talking about where anakin fights uh ventress like that's it's probably one of my favorite uh episodes maybe anything animated like i, I really do love that and then I remember, you know, just being, you know, like you guys, just being so excited for General Grievous in the movie, and then being so, so terribly let down. Just like, aww, what happened? What's the big thing? I remember that was like the first appearance ever of General Grievous, wasn't it? Like at the end of that first yeah. mini, like because they, they hyped that up big. They were like, hey, you're gonna meet the Episode Three main villain, you know, and. You, you you were introduced to this, like, remorseless, you know, killing machine, and you were like, holy crap, you know, but it didn't, they didn't follow up on it in the actual movie. And, it, yeah. and after after that cartoon, like, I ran out and bought that General Grievous, you know, like... Yeah, I've got him on my desk. I've got him on my desk right now. I pulled him out yeah. after, like, we started, yeah. This is going to be awesome. In, in the immortal words of, of Rick Moranis... Fooled you. <laughs> <laughs> you! You can almost like see like you know when he he appeared on like the the movie screen, you almost like could hear it in the back of your head, just wah 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 wah, wah you know, <laughs> like really they went with this, huh? huh. I mean, it's, uh, like it's funny though, like when I'm when I was watching episode three in the theater and like he has his big fight with Obi Wan, I'm like. Why is he moving so slowly, you know? And why why is like you know Obi Wan cutting off all his arms like he's nothing? I was like, what the what the hell? 
I, I was kind of like, I always thought it was funny that it's like, oh, so he's running away from Obi-Wan. Like, I guess he doesn't want to fight him. I guess he's really scared of him. I guess all those other Jedis must have been pussy faces or something, <laughs> you know? Like, what? Okay. Yeah, I think, they, yeah. I think like, I was going to say, I think the official explanation as to why Obi-Wan could beat him was because, like, all the other Jedi uh Grievous fought up to that point where, like, pants shittingly scared of him, and Obi-Wan wasn't. But still, that's a pretty piss-poor explanation. It's like, oh, yeah. they were they were just shy of, of, of breaching youngling status. You know, they were like, they were like young teens. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Obi-Wan Kamurdoch, the man without fear, the Jedi without fear. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan Kamurdoch. <laughs> yeah, Master, Master, you stick. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Take this penny from my hand, you will. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, you know the real reason that Grievous ran away from Obi Wan is because they had to plug his stupid little wheel toy thing. You win this round, Kenobi, but you'll never be able to beat my rolling battle thing, which is available <laughs> in Target. Yeah, like, battery's not included. <laughs> battle van. <laughs> <laughs> he has a big wheel. <laughs> he is the big wheel. That's why he, he is has the big, the big wheel. wheel. Going back to something that was brought up, like you know, of Tartakovsky understanding, you know, Star Wars better than Lucas. I think, and you know, we kind of joke about this, but even a two-year-old understands Star Wars better than Lucas. <laughs> and I think a good example is, you know, when I was working at the school in the winter, um, there was this little girl who was a big Star Wars fan, and she was talking to one of the teachers. I mean, she was just going on and on and on about the whole history of Star Wars. And it's like she understood it better than probably Lucas did, but it's also you know it's like you know she was probably like you know seven or eight years old, but she also understood some of the stuff about it that didn't make sense. Like she was going on and on about Anakin and how he was such a a hero, and then he turned into Vader and all this stuff. But then she got to the part where Padme dies, and she got it's like she kind of got confused and didn't really understand it. She was like, and then Padme died, and and it was really sad. But I don't know why she died. I guess she was just sad and died. Can you die from being sad? It's like you know, it, it you know, when you watch the movie, you're just like, oh, she died of a broken heart. Hey, hey, uh, hey! You should you should you should have been like, hey, according to that medical robot, yes, the scientific explanation <laughs> as to why Padme died was that she was sad. Yeah, yeah the technical terminology is sado conto flepo waxius and <laughs> it is a it is a uh it is a terrible disease. It's yeah. it's you know, it's a you know very poor enforced metaphor like, Oh, she died from a broken heart because Anakin's a bad guy but then it's like you know, even a two year old can tell you that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you just meant to see like, you know, like you know, commercials like nowadays like being butthurt kills thousands of people each year. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I would have died you a long suffer time from ago. being a little meh. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> buy the, the science of dying from a broken heart. <laughs> well, at, at least she, at least she, she uh, gave birth to two beautiful CGI babies before she died. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are you talking about? Like, that was. That was Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. He flew them in. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And 
Also, right. he, just, he just tweaked them with the CGI. <laughs> It'd be great if like, the <laughs> robot came back and he was like, oh, I said she died of a broken heart. I meant a massive coronary embolism. My bad. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's what that robot was saying. It wasn't just going, ooh, ooba. Like, that wasn't just gibberish. It was actually like, oh, crap, she's having just got a heart attack or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like that. It was like, oh, wow, the most, like, you know, important, you know, scene to build, like, the next movie is the twins being born, and she's like, Natuka, Uva, ba ba ba. like, what the fuck? You're just, oh, great. See, now, right, when, when, you said, when you said, like, those those CGI babies were, like, altered uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, now I'm just thinking of those babies with, like, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher's haircuts on them. <laughs> <laughs> They've got, like, the little buns. Yeah. Hamill's bad 70s hair on a baby. <laughs> This baby's been in a crazy car accident and can't shoot the wampus scene. She's like, oh, oh, look, 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 like Luke's laughing. (laughs) He's like, oh my god, Luke is so happy. He's like... (laughs) 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 And apparently, like, Princess Leia has the best memory ever because she's like, I remember my mother being sad. Oh, for like the twenty seconds that you saw her alive. Yeah, she was she was the bomb at her memory. And like that, that's another thing that that I think I probably went into when I, I sat down with my buddy Scott Jacobowski, where I was like, yeah, she just popped out for twenty seconds, and she knows her mom's sad. Like, <laughs> Very empathic little fucking toddler, like not even toddler, fucking infant. Jeez, be okay. Well, she's a toddler. Cool. But- of course, it was the magic of the Force and uh, 50,000 metachlorines in Leia's bonnet that told her. What, what Leia was saying in Jedi was true from a certain point of view. You're going to find that many of the shitty scripts we cling to greatly depend on your point of view. And to really, people rewriting it. How much could he have gotten away with with that? You know, it's like, Luke, remember when I told you that I created the universe? Well, it's true from a certain point of view. And how I, you know, didn't bang Aunt Baru that one time at the Christmas party. <laughs> this is also true from a certain point of view. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> milk isn't blue? No! <laughs> not true! It's impossible! Oh, like... So basically what you're saying, Ben, is from a certain point of view, is just your way of saying you're a pathological liar? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Obi-Wan put the extra rocks there behind R2. <laughs> I've volunteered you. <laughs> can't remember ordering a droid before. Except for these 50,000 droids that have been in my Jedi Starfighter. <laughs> Your father was already a great pilot when I met him. And by that, I, I mean, I didn't see him actually win race. <laughs> he piloted pod racers and stuff. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and he was a good friend. He complained at me a lot. <laughs> he tried spinning. That was a good trick, I thought. She's <laughs> <laughs> Alleginus. He's like, oh, Anakin used to spin and spin. I mean, your father... And it can one day spun 180 degrees, and then the next day spun 200 degrees. Then the day after that, he spun 360 <laughs> degrees. That was an especially busy day. <laughs> God. Oh, man. <laughs> Just 
pointing out all of Alleganus' lies. That's just awesome. Obi-Wan's lies. Jeez. What was the other, well, oh, the other one? Uh, fucking, what was it? Shit, what did he say? Again about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darth Vader killed your father. Like, that's a straight-out lie. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, what I meant was is when your father became Darth Vader, it was kind of like Darth Vader killed him. You see how I could, like, tell you that, right? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and by what, when I say Darth Vader killed your father, I really mean I chopped his arms and legs off <laughs> and left him to burn at, at the foot of a lake of lava. So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like the volcano is Darth Vader <laughs> mentally and emotionally and yeah. Let me ask you this, Luke. Do you know what high ground is? Ah, <laughs> uh, those were the good times. Me and your father I have me having the high ground. <laughs> your father always hated me. That's what he said before he died. Just wanted you to know that. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what's funny? You know how they they what, what is it they call the no uh, is a norm scene? You know that it's not it's 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 not supposed to be funny, but it is funny. The no, yeah. I always thought I always thought him getting lit on fire, looking like a little CGI. Excuse me, gimp. Like <laughs> I always thought that was a norm too. Like I can't. I've never been able to take that scene seriously, where he's like limping around like a little limpy and going like, ah, yeah, I think it's funny. I think it's hysterical. Like, so, I mean, you know, I don't know, but that's just. Yeah, yeah like, everyone's just looking at him like, what a douchebag. <laughs> he's like, yeah, Anakin, you're, you're burning to death now. Just remember that you're the dick in this situation. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I could I could go over there and kill you out of mercy, but I won't. But you're still yeah, a dick let, here. I'll just let you crawl to me for like 20 fucking minutes <laughs> of the last 20 minutes of the movie. I'm like, Jesus Christ, and already. I loved you like a brother. I set all my fire in lava. Jeez. Uh, Obi-Wan is kind of a dick. <laughs> Was there, oh, you were about to say something, Justin. I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't even remember now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was burned away. We, we we had the high ground, apparently. We did. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, I like you, when he's like, you, you, un- you underestimate my power. What, your power to jump, like, 20 feet in the air? What? what? <laughs> I could do that, too. I'm a Jedi. You, know? <laughs> you don't think I'm good enough to do the impossible? Make the impossible possible. <laughs> You're jealous of my power. <laughs> it's like, dude, I just beat Grievous. And like, he's like, who? <laughs> oh, man. Luke, the but, uh, worst thing about your father is that sometimes on Coruscant, we'd be riding around, and he would just randomly hop out of an airspeeder. <laughs> I would almost shoot my pants. Like, the other thing I hated was the random cuts to annoying aliens going, blah, 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 for no reason. What kind of director does that? Do I really need to see the cockpit of the alien reacting? <laughs> I'm going to die! Obi Wan really killed him because he like lost like about half his Jedi fortune betting against Anakin on the Padres. Um, been waiting 12 years to do this, you asshole. Um, but, yeah, uh, we could, uh, seriously, Star Wars is so ripe for the picking as far as, okay, mainly negative recently. 
lately in the recent times, but there's been some good stuff. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I did grow up on it. I thought it was really awesome. And It's, it's not all Bantha Poodoo. Yeah. Poodoo. Poodoo. But yeah, I, all in all, I still like Star Wars. I do. There's there's a lot that I, I will make fun of, and the prequels more or less suck. But I try to still have fond memories of it because the original trilogy was a big part of my childhood. And I mean, I don't know how the rest of you guys feel. I mean, what, what's like pretty much summing up your your feelings on the uh, house that Lucas kind of built, kind of destroyed, and doesn't know what the hell to do with the CGI. I'll just I'll just say I mean I have I have definitely have positive feelings in my childhood for for Empire especially and Star Wars and that the uh, like you guys said of the most recent stuff the Tartakovsky Clone Wars I thought was was really great really detailed oriented had some great action and I only could wish that any other side expanded or the actual films themselves. Uh, contained half of what was in those shorts. I agree with Derek. What about you, Justin? Pretty much the same thing? Yeah, I I know Derek said the prequels kind of take away his enjoyment of the originals. Like, I, I I don't really feel that way, but, like, as far as, like, new Star Wars stuff goes, prequels, Bah, Tartakovsky, good, CGI Clone Wars, Poodoo, uh, some of the comics, like uh, Legacy, I really liked. Um, and some of the books that take place, you know, after Return of the Jedi, like, you know, I mentioned one of the solo children going uh, to the dark side. Like, I haven't read those. They sound interesting, and, you know, if I come across them at the library, I may eventually, you know, track them down. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's like we talked about. There's just so much, so much ex- expanded universe stuff. It's like, you know, kind of hard to sift through what's good and bad. <laughs> Thank you, we're the Cantina Band. If you have any requests, shout them out. Play that same song. All right, same song. Here we go. Oh, man, this has been a long podcast. I'm, I'm like, star Wars out. Uh, whoever, whoever, whoever's got the high ground has the high ground over me. I'm about to get my legs chopped off. But, uh, no, I mean, it is fun to talk about, though. I, hopefully we've given you folks some... Uh, Maybe some fresh insights, because I know a lot of people have talked about Star Wars online and on TV and whatnot. It's been around for so long, and it did get such a backlash on the prequels. But, you know, yeah, you know, if you for some reason you've never, ever, ever, ever tra- checked out Star Wars, do yourself a favor, at least watch Empire Strikes Back. You'll enjoy that. But, yeah, we're going to go ahead and move along here, folks. We're going to go ahead and pretty much do our wrap-up topic for the week. It's... Something you're very familiar with. We do it all the time. It's our favorite thing slash awesome thing this week. Pretty much we just tell you what we've checked out this week that is pretty uh pretty righteous dude. Um <laughs> I will go to Derek. What is your awesome thing for this week, sir? I decided to pick something that's semi Star Wars related. It is uh the internet series that's currently being released by the same guy who does the Plinket reviews, like the you know the famous seventy minute Phantom Menace review and and those kind of reviews. Um, he's got a series now, uh, and and it, it's it's uh, an offshoot of the whole Plinket phenomenon, I guess. But it's called Half in the Bag, and 
basically, uh, it's it's the the guy who does all the reviews and and basically is the voice of Mr. Plankett. I think his name's Mike, and then he's got his buddy there, who I think is also named Mike. I, I'm I'm forgetting. I'm not really sure, but they're they're both uh, playing video uh, VCR repairmen. Uh, who are there to repair Mr. Plinkett's VCR in his house? And so it's it's you know it's kind of like a, a sitcommy type fake set, you know. And they have uh, the guy who they usually have dressed up as George Lucas playing Mr. Plinkett, you know, coming along, going, "Hey, where's my VCR?" You know, and it kind of doesn't sound like him because it's not you know the actual Plinkett guy. But basically, they sit around and uh, you know instead of actually fixing the VCR, you know they're uh, reviewing and and uh offering uh you know they're they're critiquing uh you know new films that have come out you know and usually they're spliced with some of the trailers from the new films and sometimes they juxtapose it with with older reviews like they they did Captain America and then they sort of juxtaposed it with the Rocketeer you know and I guess they 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 sort of recommended Captain America half-heartedly uh I think they liked the the first two like the initial origin act of it but they they kind of had some problems with how the movie played out ultimately and then they sort of review the rocketeer and say how they you know pretty much you know enjoyed that as a superior joe johnson directed film or whatever and so like there's plenty of stuff like that but uh, the latest episode uh, they talked to the director of the people versus george lucas so there's a lot more star wars talk uh, on this particular episode this week, and I thought it was fairly interesting to watch, and if you're a fan of the Plinkett reviews, if you've seen all the Star Trek and Star Wars reviews that he's done, I think it's definitely worth giving it a watch, you know, the the recent episode of Half in the Bag, and I haven't seen all of them or anything, but, you know, I kind of went back and watched a few here and there, and, you know, I think it's definitely something fun, worth watching, and uh, and I was entertained by it, so I that's my, my awesome thing this week that's semi-Star Wars related, and, uh, and then I turned it over to uh, whoever else is doing an awesome thing. Why not Justin Awesome Us? <laughs> uh, no surprise, I have a book. It's called The Magicians by Liv Grossman. And this is kind of a... You might actually like this, Tony. It's kind of like if uh, Hogwarts, Wizard of Oz, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, kind of like if these were real places that like adults could go to, like what would they be like? It's you know, it's like taking a magical place and it's like what if they had real world consequences? Like what if you were really, really corrupted or, you know, what if you could bring drugs and alcohol and sex addiction into these places? What would it be like? <laughs> so it, you know, it sounds kinda weird but it was actually really, really good and really compelling. Like I really got into it. You know, I read a lot of books, obviously, and I would probably say this is my favorite book I've read this year so far. So I really I really enjoyed it. And, you know, if you ever grew up reading, like, you know, Wizard of Oz, uh, especially Chronicles of Narnia, and if you liked uh, Harry Potter series, I'd definitely recommend it. Cool, cool, cool. Right, yeah, I might, might check that out. Yeah, I did kind of dig the, the Potter books. I think uh, my awesome thing this week is going to be something I will probably get picked on for if it bombs horribly. It's not out yet, but I'm really looking forward to it, and I don't care. And I was going to do something Star Wars but there's really nothing new coming out, and I really like could not figure out something to do Star Wars related. So I'm going to just go with droids, and I don't care. I'm looking forward to Real Steel. It's just I, it looks cheesy enough for me to really get into it, but good enough for me to not feel quite as bad about it. And it's got Wolverine slash dancing and singing Hugh Jackman in it. So 
I, I think at the very worst, I might walk out and be like, "Yeah, it was okay." But there's there's a decent chance I might walk out of the movie pleasantly surprised. I don't know. It's Rocky with robots, you know? Why not? Um, hey, hey, I, I think it's over the top with robots. <laughs> it's really, it's really, truly outrageous. It is. It's extremes. Um, I, again, like I said, I understand being picked on for it. I mean, when I first saw the trailer, I was like. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be good, but the more trailers I see, the more I think it'll be pretty, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that I desire to see, and if I am disappointed, you folks listening will probably be the first to know. So, uh, What about you, uh, Mike? What's your awesome thing? Uh, I got Gears of War 3 this week for uh, Xbox 360. Uh, it's been like the most anticipated game of 2011, if you believe commercials. And, uh, you know, it's a... It's I do. A, yeah. I... I <laughs> Yeah, I played it a bit, and I I like it. I, it's a lot of fun. I liked the first Ugears of War games, and uh, I like I enjoy this one, and it, it's a lot of fun. And that's about all I have to say about it. Sometimes, if a game is good, you don't really need to go into it that much. Yeah, huh? it's very enjoyable. If you liked the other two Gears games, you'll like this one. Also, there's, I one thing I did wanted to mention. There's a multiplayer uh, mode called Beast Mode, and like every time it gets picked, I can't help but think Beast Mode or something. <laughs> but it, it just it, you just get to play as like the enemy aliens, like the locust, and like you know kill all humans and all that, and it's really fun. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Cool, nice. Um, yeah, check that out. Obviously, if you're a gamer, you probably already have checked it out. But if not, here's a War Three. I, even I know it's a really popular series, so. I think we're pretty much good this week. Uh, uh, this is probably going to be another long podcast. I don't know exactly what we're clocked in right now, but we appreciate you uh, sticking around. Star Wars is a big topic, so we kind of did have to kind of go in depth with it. So appreciate you uh, willing to listen to us rant and rave and even praise some things that were pretty cool about the Lucasverse. Um, we got some cool sidecasts coming up soon. I won't really divulge what some of those are, but just kind of keep an eye out. Sidecasts are a new thing we're trying. It's just to give you folks... A little bit maybe of a quicker fix of your fan holes uh, favorites in a different light. Like I said, it's uh, our good friend Derek posted one recently that is uh, Unplugged, which is pretty much how you would describe the sidecast. We don't really edit it. We just kind of go at it and have a little bit of fun with it. So look forward to those sidecasts coming out soon. We have a lot of great shows planned in the next coming weeks and even months. We've been working very hard to give you folks a really good show, and we're going to have quite a few surprises. I don't want to give them away right now just because, well, you know, surprises are good. Um, as always, we don't have any emails this week, unfortunately, but uh, hit us up at fanholespodcast uh, at gmail.com. That is our email address. Ask us a question. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We, uh, we of course, have the main website at fanholesblogspot. But just, yes, you know, give some feedback. Say hi to us or just be like, you guys suck. I hope you die and I have the high ground. We'll be like, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, get in touch with your fan holes. Let us know what you're thinking. And as always, we will try to endeavor to bring you the best podcast we can every week. Until then, though, I am Tony Chainclaw. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> It's Mike Thunderwing and uh, Anakin. I'm you! <laughs> this is Grimlock, and I am a scruffy-looking nerf herder. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, well, I guess that should wrap up the Star Wars podcast for uh, the fan holes this week. We will see you next time, and until then, hey, kid, let's blow this thing. Get the hell out of here. Peace. Liar. You're with him, aren't you? <laughs> Force joke. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to go roll around in the grass. <laughs> tried to customize his face and it <laughs> failed. <laughs> oh, that happened. <laughs> he, he like he's he really shaves really fucked up, man. I don't know. <laughs> he hadn't he hadn't calibrated his robot hand properly and he tried to shave. <laughs> he didn't realize his razor had the high ground. Dude, dude, that Padme is a wild beast in bed. <laughs> Always scratching my face. Shit. I tell her her skin's like sand and she fucking goes crazy. She's coarse and she's rough and she gets everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, that's that's going in the end of the fucking podcast.